Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. Patriots Unfiltered! Used to mean comments. Oh, Who gives you mean comments? Oh, you'll get Some random Twitter people. Oh, you can't go by what you see on Twitter. Eldred is in North Carolina, and I'm going to start calling you Nasty Eldred because you're nasty on Twitter. Proud to say that I grew up listening to you guys. I remember scheduling my high school computer lab class at noon to make sure I could listen to the show in school. I also have a vivid memory of listening to Patriots Unfiltered on the family computer when I was young. There was a time where Andy made a comment about Kate Upton's boobs and my mom yelled, what are you listening to? Across the house. I just love the part where at the end when he goes into the flower shop and just... Yeah, uh, something went bad. Caps that guy, oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're an old man with an effed up face. Second year jump for the free agents. Okay. Eighth year jump for Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of this invention? Alex, it's a soap with a slot. You'll Solid always have a place to put it. Solid soap isn't going to dissolve the small little soap. Thank you. No, it doesn't it make took it go away. 13 seconds no, to no, blow listen, up your... Listen to me. No, you're, you're both wrong. So I'm giving you a way to get rid of that wafer, and then you really waste nothing. So where do you put it? This is Patriots Unfiltered. Fueled by Duncan. All right, welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. It is Tuesday here at Gillette Stadium, and we got a full crew here. We got Deuce. We got Tamara, straight from the Revolution sidelines. We got Alex. We got Paul. We got Matt in the booth. It's going to be a lively show, I hope. I hope so. Yeah. A lot of uh, turning the champions. By the way, by the way, you people, Uh soap with a slot, (laughs) we have an email. It exists. And not only that, the person bought some, he's sending it to me. So we're going to have it. Soap, oh. soap with a slot. So someone stole your idea, then it's, uh, it's already been done. Oh, I don't care. I mean, oh. I'm, it's not like I was ever going to do anything with it. Um, but he's got pictures and everything. Uh, so we'll get to that email a little later. But soap with a slot, not exactly my design, but the concept exists, and you can actually buy it. Well, maybe you can improve upon it. It yeah. doesn't quite live up to your vision. This somehow was a point in his favor, <laughs> that it actually exists and no one has it. No one knew it existed, and he thinks that's a point in his favor. It just hasn't come viral it's yet. It's out there and no one wants it. What is Basically this obscure is brand that made it? Uh, we'll get to it later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we want to talk Lever. about Patriots first. Yeah. Um, and what do we have to talk about? I mean, it, it is quiet. I think Soap on a Slot is quickly, <laughs> quickly coming on the yeah, dial. Unfortunately, the Celtics didn't get the job done. No. Out in six, so that we don't, we're not going to talk Celtics. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> not going to talk Celtics. The height of the Patriots news is probably that we just passed Bailey Zappi and Tyquan Thornton walking yep. in the hall. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, that's as close as we've gotten to any football. Good to see. Good to see. And some other guy that we, we did not. Maybe that was Lil Jordan. There was one oh. other guy with them that we didn't Wait, recognize. Me, that was a big dude. I'm out of Google that. Right I think it was Little Jordan. My wife goes, "Is that his Whoa. God? Is that Whoa, his God given name, Little Jordan?" I go, "I believe so." She's like, "You're right." Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, it you're was. right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. So there you go. A little bit of a little bit of glimpse, but yeah. I just yeah. asked Tamara who everybody is because she, <laughs> she at least gets to interview them when right. they come in yeah. and has an idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have any. Uh, like, no. Yeah. I'm, it's it's time. What's well, the way it is shoot, every year? Shoot I mean, me out back in the barn. I mean, this, well, this me guy's down. coming and going. You had no problem with Thornton. You saw him and you threw the sandwich at him. We're like, eat something. God. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't know it was Thornton. I, the only guy I, knew, <laughs> just saw I didn't know was Zappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, he's a quarterback. That's the only guys I pay attention to. So, All right. So uh, anything else? I mean, I you know, 
I don't know if we want to talk about Tom Brady, but he seems to be everywhere now with the underwear and <laughs> with all the this underwear. Stuff. That's a great place to start. Yeah. <laughs> like underwear? Yeah, and he's got I guess he uh has got all these videos out promoting his new, you know, Brady line of clothing and what else has he got coming now? I saw something where he was running around New York. Yeah, jogging. Something's gonna jog apparel and apparel. I don't jogging, like it. Like the, the shorts. Ugh. They're it's, it's so like those like really skinny Bermuda shorts. I think those are like like I think they now. make men look effeminate. Oh, short the um, short shorts. Yeah, yeah. Which I one? think it's just like, no. They're not short shorts. No, I they're, think it's just the trend. No. They're like tight fitting shorts yeah. that go right right down to the knee. Oh, I know it's uh, the trend. I don't yeah. like it. You, you guys, that's another. You can say okay, boomer. For, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. You uh, can I, say I would want. tend to agree with you. I don't think even people that are in tremendous shape, those like the skinny suits, right? The skinny, the, like. I don't think it's a flattering look. It's not That's like like for women. You know, I think pants. it's like the yeah. the mom jeans coming back. Yeah, the wide leg. Yeah, yeah. like the bootleg jeans. Like I would have never worn those not before, but look. now they're back well, in. Well, what's yeah. what's more comfortable for the female? Like for females, is it is that high waisted kind of old yes. thing more comfortable than like the low yeah. rise? Kind? If low yeah. rise it comes very back into oh. style, for I'm men too, going to yeah. be washed. I mean, up and no low longer. rise is ridiculous. I mean, it really is. Oh, yeah. You know? But it's, I mean, at least for a woman who's got hips, you can kind of put them on the hips. So like, you know, it, I don't know. I just look at the mom jeans. I'm like, they look really comfortable. There's, you know, up around, like, you, you know, your rib cage. You get a little bloated and <laughs> you you're just, good. It doesn't it even doesn't, matter. No yeah. Know. yeah. No. It cinches you at the waist. It's great. Yeah. I definitely love the jeans that are coming back in style now for the women versus, like, skinny jeans. Like... Like super skinny and skinny, that was like the thing. Like I had tons of them from Hollister, yeah. but now I'm like the mom jeans, the high waisted jeans. They're so much. I think you just hold on to all your jeans because it's all cyclical and it's all going to come back yeah. around. It depends yeah. on like the, the the bottoms of Hollister. You know, I got my Levi's. I got my five oh one. Twelve oh five. Twelve oh five, and we're we're on, on mom <laughs> jeans. Oh, I thought there was Levi's twelve. There's even dad jeans. There are dad jeans, boyfriend jeans. I think I got yeah. some on right now, actually. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh yeah, I wear. I wear. Fantastic! I have yeah. to ask. <laughs> what's what's <laughs> the difference between dad jeans and boyfriend jeans? That's actually a fair point. I think they're both pretty like on the baggy side. Okay. I guess like they're well even are, more loosely fitted than. Are they than tighter on the boyfriend? But when the girlfriend wears them, then they're mm. baggy. Is that just? What makes them boyfriend jeans? I think that's where they get the name because you have like the boyfriend T-shirt too. It's supposed right. to be oversized. Yeah. It's stuff that uh. is. is the boyfriends that the girlfriend wears. Even yeah. though it's all made yeah. for women and not really ever cut for a man's body. <laughs> <laughs> but we just Why can't they just way? wear the boyfriend stuff? Why do they have to have special stuff that's because called boyfriend for the, stuff? Because for the single people like us, we well, don't I have boyfriend <laughs> stuff to <laughs> steal. But I think that's sad that, you know, just wear your own things then. You know, and wait till you get a boyfriend and then wear his stuff. <laughs> what if we don't ever get one, Fred? Well, yeah. but... Just buy some guys' yeah, jeans. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. Keep going, friend. <laughs> oh, my God. But I find, like, the bottoms, too, are, are I very got a man. stylistic. <laughs> like, do you peg them? Do you have, like, the bell-bottom the flare? Pegging. Do you have, like, the tight right down to the ankle? Like, pegging. that's also part of the, the jeans. I was big on the pegging with yeah. the champion... <laughs> Sweatshirt with the turtleneck underneath. Oh, oh my there God. you 92, go. Ninety-two. The there essence of ninety-two. <laughs> right, a little color me bad on the radio. You're uh, you're feeling good. You're 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 Gerbo, Marithi Francois Gerbo. I was all there for that. <laughs> I was there for that. <laughs> well, um, I guess a little Patriots news. I found out today that autographs will be back at training camp. 
I did get confirmation okay. on that. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was like, did you find that out? Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't I don't know. I was on the meeting. <laughs> I thought it was kind of still unsure. We followed up after. Right? Okay. Breaking yeah. News okay. From Fred. So COVID protocols are no longer. So how they are facilitated, I think, is still to be determined. But we'll be back to having autographs at training camp. Well, it's a good call to action time that that's such a great time for fans. If you're thinking of coming up here at some point, come to preseason, come to training camp practices. It's free. Access is awesome. If the autographs are back, you'll be able to get as close to the players as, as, as possible during the year. Um, it just, I mean, I'm still remembering 2020 when that was just no fans, nothing, but now it's it's back. And last year was a good step in the right direction, but this will be fully, I guess, back in, in, yeah. in, as, as it was before. So if you're thinking of coming out, come, come especially. I think the second week, Carolina Panthers, somewhere in there, there'll be joint practices for a couple of days. So that's that's the thing to hit if you're thinking of coming here for a couple of days. Check it out. Yeah, like You'll you said, it, parking's free. There's no ticket to get in. Um, Stuff for the kids, activities, yeah. throwing, you know, yeah. uh, little obstacle courses, uh, arts and crafts. Yeah, there's food trucks. Full refreshments. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you pick the right day, you might get a cake. We don't get that. That was one nice thing from Brady's birthday. It always happened like that. Yeah. You know, first few days of camp and, and you know, I would always go because there was cake. They would have <laughs> we probably have some late cake. August birthdays, no? we, we got to find When's Mac keep? Jones's birthday? Let's Google it. Tamara on Google the board there. Google it. Google it. When he's. Uh, <laughs> September 5th. Oh, okay. that's a little too late. Yeah, too late for us. But maybe we could start a, God. a little early. You don't want to start in training camp. They said no you love fun. singing "Happy Birthday" to Brady every year. No, that was you weren't uh, singing that one. Oh, it was annoying. <laughs> the Brady, yeah. like every year, like it seemed like we had to top the previous year and do something. Like, do you remember the year they had the the goat farm, Fred? Yes, uh, I do. Like, it, yeah. we had to do something different. Uh, it was annoying. But that so was great. The kids loved fan, it. It was all. I loved that it was too. a little baby goats. You know. Yeah. Farm kids, animals. Kids loved it. They love it. Yeah. <laughs> petting zoos? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Who doesn't love a petting zoo? Yeah. Uh, you get pink eye. I don't know. Pink <laughs> eye. <laughs> Wash your hands. Sounds Wash your like hands. that that happened to you as a kid. <laughs> no, I think I've just been like living with kids for so long that I'm like, no, everything you're supposed to be paranoid about when you take your kids to like farm animal places or, you know, getting hands chomped by goats or anything like that. Like, you know, yeah. get scared. Ah. I hate sheep, though. You hate sheep. I hate sheep. Just I don't like sheep. Why? Think for your own. <sighs> just don't think for themselves. They gross me <laughs> out. Oh, I don't know. Sheep just really gross me out. I got this weird kind of thing with sheep. Like I go like, <laughs> like that Fred that thing Fred they made. Fred was in a, uh, an alpaca uh, phase there. Yeah, he, he there was, was a time alpacas. we were thinking of getting alpacas <laughs> yeah. the farm. Oh, yeah. he was in. He was in. But thankfully, we didn't do it. I've been like Googling people's birthdays over here. Taekwon Thornton's birthday is August 7th. Oh, okay. That's a little closer to be able to get a cake. He needs cake. Well, I think I mean, if we could we give him cake. I mean, we started celebrating a rookie's uh, yeah, birthday, so Bill's head would explode. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> right? sure. Yeah, I oh, should be sure. all right because by the time he gets to the status of needing birthday recognition at out. camp, be out. they yeah. should definitely have taken me out back to, to <laughs> shoot me and put me down. Yeah. Can't be that much. Like, five, at least five years before right. he could be in that kind of a Absolutely. situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Deep threat. Yeah. You got to at least be a captain of the team. Like it's not like we yeah. did it for Brady in like oh four, right? I mean, that was you had like to work your way up to it. He had already won three titles, and they still weren't doing that stuff for him. Right? I almost said something other than stuff. <laughs> I, I can. I'm imagining the initial like creative call about that as someone. But you know, Tom's birthday is the beginning of August. What do you guys think? We maybe uh, we maybe do something for super bit, you weird. Know? I just googled three of our running backs' birthdays, and they're all in February. Hmm. There you go. Isn't that weird? 
She's gonna cool get story, the uh, <laughs> She's gonna give us the full uh, rundown on the uh, astrology I'm gonna, I'm gonna, of, yes. of these of these players. It's so yes. important. Like I just all the zodiac signs. Yeah. Wait, wait. What's your zodiac? I'm a Libra. Ah. Okay. <laughs> At least you were not a Gemini. Then we would have problems. But mm-hmm. it's fine. Can you stop? <laughs> like you already made fun of me about that on a different show. Yeah. I'm a Gemini. Sorry. I take it back. <laughs> Don't you remember Do you have that a dual personality? Sure. Yeah. Wait. So since you're a Gemini, I have a lot of personalities. We should have had cake on the show. Uh, yeah. It's Gemini no, season right now. You know what's something yeah. I like it's about Gemini birthday? Season like now. two weeks ago. What yeah, I like about this show, birthday, is you don't really make well, a big it's deal too late of them. Now, Alex. Like it's you find out almost retroactively. Like, like Paul will say in passing, you know, I'm going golfing this week. You know, it's my birthday. Like, but it's there's never a big deal made about. Like, it could be a birthday during a show, and we might not even. Well, we had a because uh, I hate birthday. I when hate we that when day, we still like, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I, had, I, don't I had two relevant birthdays, sixteen and twenty-one. Now, that's those are the only <laughs> two that counted. Everything else is gravy. We had um, a woman that worked with us when we still did the paper, Maura O'Brien. She was one of the graphic designers mm-hmm. that worked with Michelle. She had, like, I, I can't even describe it. Like, to, to call it, like, a birthday month isn't really doing it justice. It was more like a birthday half a year. She celebrated her half-year birthday, remember? Yeah. Like, six months ahead of time, she would tell you. Like, it was amazing yeah. how, I, how much attention she paid to her, her own birthday. Okay. Just a certain point, don't make a big deal of it. Like, don't even bring it up. I don't, you know. Yeah. Kendrick Bourne, August 4th. There you go. Okay. That's closer. Yeah, I don't think we really need to do anything for Kendrick Bourne. He brings no. the party there's himself. No one, yeah. There's no one that rises yeah. to the level of... Uh, like, if yeah. Bill's birthday was in August, we'd do something for that. Who's Bill's? Bill. Oh, yeah. It's in yeah. April. Right. Right. Correct. Yeah. I mean, Thank, uh, thanks for the birthdays. well wishes. Great. April no, 16th. I can't you know, wait for every, for every birthday. And, and you know, a leap year is a little longer. And then in the press, ha- happy birthday, oh Bill. Happy birthday, Bill. Hey, thanks for doing this on your birthday, Bill. <laughs> Bill, I got a question, but, you know, first, happy birthday. I'm curious, Bill. When was the last time you celebrated your birthday? <laughs> what's, what's your favorite type of cake, Bill? <laughs> this is why they hate us. <laughs> what's your favorite present that you ever got, Bill? Any birthday wishes this year, Bill? Oh, my God. So it really is that slow right now, huh? It's in terms of patriots. It is a little slow, um, but you know, this there is like what else is going on like around the league? Have you really heard any league, even league related news? Not really. Everyone just in vacation mode. Yeah, yeah. I think just getting ducks in a row for training camp, but it's such a nice little break when you actually get mini camp because then we had stuff to talk about for a little bit and it gives you a little bit of a boost. But you know, at this point, it feels like you've been kind of talking about everything and. You know, now a couple weeks after mini camp, we've discussed every little little developments that we found in there, and now, you know, now you're just like, all right, let's get to camp. Let's see some pads get on. Let's see what these rookies actually look like. You know, uh, and some of the you know the new guys, the new faces. How does it all play out with uh, you know the offensive line that that flip flop? And I've seen some some discussion of that of you know maybe balancing things out. Does that make any sense? That's a good I, one I, to bring I, up because yeah. you know, I mean, you know me, I'm stupid. I don't, I don't get these things. Does that make any sense to you? Like, if you thought that Win was a better option on the left side and Brown on the right side, you would flip flop them so there would be more and evenly balanced That's in terms of the weight of the guys on the on the line. Does I, that make I, any no, sense to anybody? No, because I, I mean, f- it's always for me been just the players. What do you got? Like, right. and so you have no real like inkling that Isaiah Win can play right tackle. So. It sounds great if you're just talking about the size and the athleticism and balancing it, but what if yeah. Isaiah Wynn gets on confused on yeah, the and, side? And, if I, like, and I can totally understand that in 2018, Trent Brown was here and played left tackle, 
and certainly down the stretch of that season was the best that you've seen of Trent Brown as an NFL player. Why not say, you know what, let's put him back on the left side. Wynn's been in- inconsistent and, and not reliable. Let's put him back on the left side and move Wynn over to the right side. Yeah. Like, that makes perfect sense to me. Unless Wynn just can't play right. the right, right. side. Right, in, yeah. in, in which case you would say no because one guy can do both and the other guy can't, so we got to leave it the way it is. Right. But it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to say, well, you have a win you win Brown on on the left side or on, on or whoever on the yeah. on one side, and those are the two heavier guys. Or you don't want you want to spread it out a little bit. Like that doesn't make any sense to me at all. You have a the bigger tackle with a lighter guard on both sides. Yeah, I, I don't get that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Besides the fact that you're dealing with 300 plus pound guys, like is it really that big of a difference? Yeah. And, and I mean, in in theory, it, it makes sense of for, but. In execution, can they actually do it? Is Isaiah Wynn, is he that firm right tackle? Or is this kind of like, hey, we're moving you over there. We haven't really been reliable. You kind of have to fight it out and win this job now. I mean, I, I wonder how much it's actually being gifted to Isaiah Wynn or if he's going to have some serious you know, competition from Haran maybe. Um, but I also wonder how the offense adjusts with, I think swapping Mason for Onwenu is kind of an interesting change at right guard and just you know all the stuff that they like to do with Mason and how mobile he was and you know I like on when you but I don't think he's that he's that athletic as 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 Mason was so I don't either I think things are you know are going to change a little bit but it all sounds great like on paper I just I, I guess we have to see how well, how it actually we have to remember that the Patriots are completely revamping their offense <laughs> This is it was a little tone in that phrase well yeah I mean I, I just don't understand where some of the writers get that you know, well, I well, mean, Kendrick Bourne. I think yeah. they talked about. I think Alex, Alex talked about it last week. <laughs> like Yo, Kendrick you were Bourne there. said that, that, that we have changed. Well, how did he put it? We're changing you, terminology, uh, learning new words. Or yeah, new words for the plays. Words right. I forget. Words I was right next to him. It was a really yeah, harmless comment. That's right. yeah. To me, it's that's just, well it's short right of, of. Look at us right here, struggling for things to talk about. No, I know, yeah. but to me, like changing, revamping the offense is like going from West Coast to you know, a pocket passer, you know, or whatever, you know, what they're going to do this year isn't revamping the offense. No, I agree with that. And I agree with the way Alex said it. Yeah, there's already all that doom speak of like, oh, my God, who's going to call the plays? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So one little hint that fits that narrative is going to be ran with. I think think what he meant is kind of what we were talking about on a previous show of how there's different ways of teaching calculus. Like instead of teaching it, you know, Fred's way, we're not going to teach it Paul's way. And so I think that they obviously took what he said and ran with it, but I think it's just right. changing yeah. the terminology a little bit. And Layman's y- terms yeah. instead yeah. of AP physics. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about this, and this is not fact. This is opinion. I think it's about the coaches. I think they, they want to go to a 101 level so Joe Judge and Matt Patricia can learn the offense. Ooh. Well, so it's being dumbed down for the coaches? Yes. S- I mean, not dumbed down, sim- just sort of streamlined. I think is the way that they put it, and like Tamara and, and Alex said, like the the terminology might be changing a little bit. Also, like I think it's a good time for like a reset. I mean, when look at like this company, right? Like there's been some turnover, just like with every company, and that's a good time to look at things, streamline them better, think of ways you could be doing them better. Um, well, I, I mean, I'm Daniels surprised. Was here for a long time, right? And. I mean, should this have happened earlier? I mean, and I don't know to what degree they're doing it now and what degree they kind of already did it when Cam Newton was coming in. 
Uh, how much is this? That was only after to? he left for COVID. <laughs> right. That was like the day he left, and then they're like, "Hey, let's change everything now." Um, but I mean, I just I think it's common sense, really, that you had Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels, who I'm sure could communicate on a completely different level. Um, you know, just is this? I guess the question is, you know, how much do you have to change it after Josh McDaniels too? You I know, think and, you do. And, you know, it, and and I think you know, I think there's something to be said for what what Paul is saying, even if it. You know, isn't quite as like, well, they're idiots and we got to give them the A oh, version. Oh, no, no, no. It's, I didn't mean it like no, that. But like, I think but if Bill O'Brien was, was the offensive coordinator, I don't think you'd be hearing any terminology talk changes. I think it's because there's guys that haven't done it. They haven't been immersed in the offense. Yeah, and, and how much? All. And how much did Joe Judge take some influence from what he did with Daniel Jones? You know, are, are those elements, you know, same with Matt Patricia being in Detroit. What kind of input are they having? You know, is it making it simplified for them or are they – you know, bringing input and it's not just we're simplifying. We're just we're kind of going in a different direction. And some I think that's where people are, you know, kind of trying to figure out. But it's it's yeah. it's going to be tough after a series when out. Mac Jones goes and yeah. sits down on the right. bench. Who goes and sits next to him? Patricia or Judge? It's a good question. I mean, are they both on the sideline? I don't know. Maybe, you know, it's going to be interesting. To yeah. Me. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to me if they all do it the same way that it's been done, like, like, or if someone's up in the booth. I, I wouldn't rule like Patricia being up in the booth calling plays. I mean, some teams do that, right? You know, right? And then judges down on the field. You know, I don't know. And well, Matty P was up in the booth. I mean, not calling plays no. last year, but he was. He was sort of like the Ernie Adams last year up there, supposedly. You know. No one's like Ernie. But, I think you'll yeah. see. That was one of the questions in the mailbag this week, and I think you're going to see him talking to a lot of different people. And those two guys, if you're asking me who I think is going to be the guy, it's going to be. I think it'll be Patricia, but I don't know. And I think he'll be talking to Joe Judge plenty. Yeah, I just don't think Joe Judge has anywhere else to be. Like Patricia, you could make the argument that he <laughs> you could take that as a shot. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> but what else is he? He's the do? quarterback coach. I mean, where else? You know, well, what Patricia, you, think, you could say he's with the offensive well, what line. What do you he think the chances right. are that Bill says, "Listen, to to Stephen Belichick and Gerard Mayo, you guys have been around long enough. I am handing over the defense to you because this year I'm focusing on the offense." I mean, I think that that would be huge in a, in the sense that they don't they, they're kind of on their own this year. I mean, I, I a little bit of that happened in 2020 when so many people opted out and left, and you didn't really have any of those veteran linebackers. And you know, we saw how bad that defense was. Not to say it was all on them, but I think that's asking a lot of those guys to have to come in and you know, young group of guys. I mean, it's you got to get the best out of Judon. You got to get some way that Uche and Perkins are going to start to elevate. You know, get Raquan McMillan on the same page as everybody else. Um, Matt so, Wilson so you as think well. it's unlikely because of all these new young guys? Or not, they're not necessarily new, but young guys just, that need yeah. to play this year. I mean, I just think Bill needs to continue uh, to have, uh, and, and, and I think sense. that's why the stretch too thin thing could be. You know, without an Ernie Adams type during the games, if he doesn't really have somebody to reflect, you know, he he feels like he needs to oversee the offense clearly a little bit more right now. You know, I, I just think it puts all the pressure on on Mayo and Steve, and I think that you know already there's a lot of pressure on those two guys to. You know, just right the ship from the last few seasons of how things have gone defensively, where they start out and they they whoop the bad teams, and you know they force rookie quarterbacks and 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 undermanned teams into turnovers, and and they look great. Um, but when it's a straight up fight against an evenly matched team with good talent in a game that you got to have um, in they, the most critical part of the they didn't season, answer the bell. They didn't answer the bell. So no. you know, what makes you think that they can get this new look defense with new pieces of corner, new pieces of linebacker? 
and, and get them yeah. to finish strong. The, the other side of that argument is, like I've been saying, Bill says, I've got two former head coaches. Maybe they didn't do well as head coaches, but having gone through that experience, they have a perspective that, you know, helps them. And I don't, you know, I can trust them with the offense. You know, maybe that's – and maybe he'll stay – yeah. Like he has focused on the defense. And I think maybe know? in that regard, Fred, it's it's a it's a fair point in that you could have I mean, who's gonna be talking to Mac? I mean, maybe it's both guys. I don't know if they're both on the sidelines right next to him and it but it's probably maybe maybe Matty P's up in the up in the booth calling the plays and Joe Judge is the, you know, guy on the sideline with him between each series talking him through everything and you know, that way Matt Patricia still has a chance to give Bill some input maybe if he wants that kind of role, but I, I would just be surprised to see Matt Patricia all of a sudden just completely immersed in the offense and, you know, Bill not really having that sounding board anymore that he's really had his whole time here, right? I mean, I think he likes that. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Somewhere, somewhere it's going to have to give, whether it's the defense, whether it's the offense, whether it's Bill's, you know, consigliere. Yeah, I, I think the last thing is going to have to give. I don't see Patricia doing yeah. that. If that's, in fact, it's what hard he did to, last it's year. It's hard to stay – He's got to have some responsibility. It's He's either going to be responsible for the offensive line or the offense as a whole. Right? He has to do something Yeah, beyond yeah. be you know, the, the offensive board. line core or, or just the now, offensive I, line I think you can make an argument that they're grooming Billy Yates to be the offensive line coach, and he's actually going to be the guy that's, that's doing that under Patric- Patricia's watch maybe. But he's got to do something. He's got to do something beyond saying, you know, it's – you know, there's minute 13 left. We have two timeouts right, here. Right. You know, like right. He's just so immersed in the overall game and the structure and the little, you know, nuance of it. But And there are adjustments to be made for, like, you know, Dante has talked about that, you I know, and I know M- Mike Lombardi had a long convoluted quote that, you know, <laughs> a few guys can take more credit for things <laughs> in football than Mike Lombardi. But um, I, I, I just don't know if you can do all of that. If if he's going to be the the guy up in the booth telling Bill about third down and timeouts right. and clock management, I I don't know how you can do that. Well, you're now. also scripting coach, the next and, and know what and to say to your position. offensive line, right. Yeah, right? Yeah, and that's another thing too of just Paul, you know, bringing up Skarnecchia. Like some of the sound bites that you hear sometimes of him on the sideline talking to the offensive line, I find some of that stuff, you know, amazing. And, and I think something that the common fan might not think of, like, wow, the offensive line coach is going to have a lot of coaching points and a lot of experience to pass along. Right. And, you know, sometimes when you would get the, the video and the audio of Skarnacki talking, the things that he understands, um, you know, and, and I'm sure all offensive line coaches can contribute in some fashion, but, you know, it's just something else. Is Billy Yates ready to do that? Is Patricia ready to do that? And, you know, who's going to? But yeah. I just it, – it is it is worth wondering if, if the whole staff, how it's – going to manage because it seems like they're light. 855-PATH-500 is the ace ticket hotline. 855-PATH-500. The web radio at patriots.com is the way to email the show. Uh, uh, Phone callers are already coming in. Brad is on the eastern shore. He's actually in the San Diego airport, he says. What's up, Brad? (laughs) San Francisco airport, but good morning, guys. Okay, I'm just reading what somebody wrote. Mm Mm-hmm. I, uh, no, that's okay. It's loud in here. Um, Matt, I have a question for you. Have you ever been to Fort Bragg, California? No. Okay. It's way up the coast. It's like four hours north of San Francisco. Um, left Friday with my son, and we just drove cross-country 
to drop him off at Fort Bragg to work at a hospital for an internship. And now I'm flying 2,900 miles back home in well, one day. So, cool um, story, Hansel. Like, That's two. What yep. was that? Two cool story Hansels in one show. <laughs> cool story, Hansel. <laughs> and we know how you yeah. spent your Father's Day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, driving from Cheyenne, Wyoming to Reno, Nevada on Father's Day. Okay. Um, but I have a question. And Paula, we've discussed this a couple times on the post game shows. Could we be, quote-unquote, dumbing down the offense to basically just say, these are our best 11 guys? And, you know, it used to drive me nuts with McDaniels when we'd shuffle four guys in and out every play. And suddenly it was like, well, who is our best guy to put on the field for this play? And sometimes they were standing on the sidelines and nobody could understand why. And I'm wondering if that may be something Bill has looked at and said, we need to win. We need to win with our best, you know, 11 to 15 guys, and this is who we're going to go with. Oh, well, that's two different things. They're like the 11 guys and the 15 guys. Right. 15 guys is what they do, see, I think, and I don't see that changing. Right, and you, you've got to react to what the defense is showing you. You, right. can't, you can't put a you know, square peg in a round hole, and Bill is all for that. Like you he's going to he, use three receivers. He's going to yeah. use four receivers. There's going to be two tight ends. There's going to be one back. There's going to be right. no backs. Like th- you're that's, trying that's to create that mismatch, right? You're finding matchups that you think right. you you win. Yeah, yeah. But I, but, but I, if we have a play, if, if if we have a play that gains a six yard, why yeah. do we then have to substitute four guys back into the game for the next play when we obviously have them in a down in a down and distance or in a set that was successful? And suddenly we just go in a whole different because, direction because def- on the very next play. Because maybe the defense substituted, and or, they changed. Or maybe you know? the defense was in a look that was conducive to that play, right. and, and then they got out of that look. Yeah, and there's a million reasons why. You know, it's yeah. not. I don't but think they just substitute arbitrarily. They, they I mean, that's like that's no, like saying it's third and twenty-two. You ran a draw for sixteen yards. Jeez, why didn't they run that draw on first and ten? Yeah, <laughs> like you no, never know what the defense no, is in. What I'm, yeah. what I'm saying is. Why, why do we have to give a look that puts less than our best players on the field when our best players are only, at this point, marginally better? I understood it with Brady. I understood we could give them 50 different looks. But maybe that's not the way we can win for the next couple of years. Yeah, I just don't think and that's so the complicated part of the offense. Is per- personnel, I don't think, is the complicated part of the I don't really think the offense is overly complicated based on the way a lot of the players have talked over the years. But I don't think using different personnel packages creates confusion. It's the option routes and the decisions that need to be make by, made by the, the players and the skill, yeah. the skill guys. Yeah on the field that can cause problems at yeah. when it is problems. But when, when guys like Christian Fourier tell me how easy the offense is, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think it's all that hard. Yeah, it bothers me a lot more on defense. I, I'd much rather have 11 guys on defense that you can just kind of roll with and let the, the offense go. But it's just what they've done. I mean, I, but I do think, to, to Brad's point, you've got a lot of guys who I would, you know, I guess we'd qualify as twos and threes. And, and so how's that all going to play out? Like, you certainly have – eight, nine, ten between the running backs, the tight ends, and the receivers. You know, guys who are all pretty evenly matched. I mean, is there a lot of difference between your number one receiving threat and your fifth one? Not a ton. So 
I, I think I don't have a problem with the substitutions. I just have a question of how is it all going to play out in camp and, you know, what what are those best groupings even going to be? But I think, you know, substituting but I force a defense on the things. That, that's I have a problem when they screw up the substituting, well, which yeah, they've that, done over the last true. two years. But that's on defense. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that's a different thing. Yeah. But my question would be, which ones of those better players are consistently out of the game in favor of lesser players on offense? Right. Like, right, can like you say, I, like, you know, this was a key third down. What was – What's Barmore doing on the sideline? Well, no, what that's again, that's defense. I'm yeah. talking offense. Okay. Like, right. Why it was a key third and seven, and Kendrick Bourne wasn't in. Like, do you, like could you think of that, like, on right. a consistent basis last year? Right. You know, like – be like listen, taking Gronk off the field in a third and seven. Right. Like, and a, a real like, – I don't think they have guy. guys that you yeah. would say, well, it's a go-to play. i got to get the ball to Edelman. Right. You know? Right. They don't have that. They don't have those guys. It's third and thirteen, and you're pulling Edelman and, and Gronk off the field like that would. But right. they don't. They don't do that. Yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, Christian in L.A. What's up, Christian? Hey, you guys. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you all. And uh, you know, as you get closer to the season starting, I can feel the butterflies in my uh, you know stomach starting to creep up when we talk about the team and what's going to happen. And I look at Sports Center and. I'm See the other teams and NFL Network and what they're saying. I'm starting to get that feeling. I don't know if you guys have that same thing. That not yet. I don't have the butterflies team. yet. Dread. Yeah. Uh, yep. But speaking of, speaking of teams, <laughs> I was thinking this. Yesterday. I got Fred to shake his head at me. <laughs> speaking of teams, I was thinking this yesterday. You know, you guys have been together for a very long time. I've listened to you guys for a lot of years and got a lot of pleasure out of listening to you. Learned a lot. And been scolded at points when I wasn't right and, and so on and so forth. So I love you guys for that. Going on too long. With that, with that in mind, I wanted to ask you guys to play a little game. of Because teams are built of people that you think bring something to the table that either someone else can't or doesn't, what do you guys think each of your colleagues' best trait, skill, or instinct as a reporter or supporter is? Oh. Our colleagues. Wow. Well. Our coworkers. Yeah, I mean, Paul is his, yeah, his memory it. and able to recall you things. You guys, right there. I think I think Deuce is passion. Yeah, you know, Alex, her nose for the story, right? Wow, wow. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's like Lois. I Lane. would think so. I think I'm pretty good at finding stories and writing features and making things interesting that might other ones not be. And Tamara, her presentation, right? Okay, <laughs> I'll take that. All right, Rev's knowledge. I would right. agree. I think. I mean, I think uh, Fred with his ability to wave his pom poms in the air, high, <laughs> regardless of situation. He's like the Godfather, though. <laughs> so, all right. What do you think? Our uh, that was a really good question. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think <laughs> I'm not going to say what I think. I want you guys to keep taking my call. So <laughs> I'm going oh, to go. All right, you uh -oh. guys. You know, finish on a high mark. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Christian. Uh, Melvin in Tennessee is on the line. What's up, sweet kid? Hear the rocket shot he had. What's up, y'all? What's going on? Hey, hey, hey! I got just a general like NFL question. Um, so, with a player, let's say like Lamar Jackson, because he's a perfect example. Um, MVP, obviously, but um, you know he's had some struggles in the playoffs, and he doesn't throw the ball necessarily well all the time. So, if you were the uh, owner of that team, would you feel comfortable giving him a contract in the Deshaun Watson range with somebody you uh, like? I don't know, but if you don't know if he's necessarily 
going to take you to the promised land or not. Yeah, so I, would you all feel comfortable giving him that, that I money? will. I would. I mean, not the, the Deshaun Watson's contract is different than everybody else's in terms of the guarantee. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with giving Lamar Jackson that money, but not the structure of the contract. So, I don't like. I don't know. I don't want to be the only one. Like I think that's where Cleveland made a mistake. Like why they have to be the only ones that give like a two hundred and thirty million dollar guaranteed contract. Right. But getting back to Lamar Jackson, you know, you think Paul or anyone here? He's an elite quarterback. He's a guy that can take you all the way. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I would have no problems with doing that. He's won a ridiculous amount of games. You can win with a guy that wins that often. I don't know. I don't. I just find him. It's too, I don't want to say it's too unorthodox. Yeah, I think it's just hard to pin down. And, I, you know, it's just the inconsistency. And, I mean, I think that the Ravens, I have a lot of respect for the way they build their team and, you know, the toughness that they've always kind of exuded. But I just find Lamar, it's, it's so up and down. And I think to some extent, you know, you kind of are a victim to the quarterback you get. Like, it's not always perfect, but sometimes you end up having to pay – the highest salary in the league to a quarterback that you still have significant questions just because he's your guy. The contract came up, but I would just have real. I mean, at least with Mac, I feel like he's you know what he is. Thirty-seven and twelve as a starter. Thirty-seven and twelve. Yeah, I think you can win with that guy. Makes me crazy, I know, but I think you can win with a guy who's thirty-seven and twelve. You can, you can, but are you ready to? It doesn't mean that Do he's the Lamar Jackson for it, the next. It five doesn't years, mean that you know? he's the only guy I would take. Yeah. I could probably go seven or eight deep before I got to Lamar Jackson. So what's his deal? Is he up for a contract soon? He's he in the be, last right? year of his deal, right? Yeah. yeah. So we'll see what they do. We'll see what they do, and then we'll have our answer. And to Mike's point, the only thing that would cause me, you know, any kind of pause would be the durability. Yeah, he's like he's yeah. been remarkably durable for a guy who runs the amount that he does. Right. But let's see the next four years yeah. if he can keep doing that. Right. Like that that's a question. I agree with Mike on that. But it feels like they just gotta bite the bullet even if they do have some questions. The whole I up mean, and down nature is yeah. not really evident in, in his performance. But he's I mean, he's going to command top money. For sure. Like Paul said, it may not be the type of guarantee that Watson has, but it's gonna be in that range, forty million, thirty eight million a year. It has type to of be thing. and and right. And if you don't do it with him after changing your off and, and kind of molding your offense around him, then like well then, then what are you gonna do? So right. if you re up your starting quarterback that you've had for four or five years and you choose to re up him, that's what it's going to cost you. No question. Yeah, I mean it's if you don't if you don't want to re up him, then you let him go. But if you if you're like saying he's been my quarterback for four years, and now his contract is up, I need to retain like Kyler Murray's. That's what he's going to get. Like the market, Josh Allen. That's what he got. Like that's what these guys are going to get as the established starting quarterback. That you're now saying you're saying publicly, you've been my quarterback for four years. You're going to be my quarterback for the next five. You're not getting that guy for twenty five million. It's not going to happen. Right. You can't stack it up and say, well, you were the fourth best quarterback last year, so we're going to give you the fourth mount. Um, yeah, like, it's just, like I said, you you draft these guys, and they can't be perfect, but you're stuck You're stuck with yeah. them. Yeah, and believe me, I know Lamar Jackson is not perfect. There are, there are things that you can't have that he can't do. Like, he's not going to consistently be able to throw it coming from behind and win that way. He needs to play a way that maybe 
it's hard to yeah. say that you're going to win four times in the playoffs playing that way or three times in the, whatever the case may be. Thanks, Melvin. I think. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting with what I mean we don't know how Mac Jones's next few years are going to go but when the Patriots get to that point with him and but I mean just you just know? to sort of illustrate like how consistent he's been you know the, his rookie year he was 58.2 percent but the, the last three years as when he became the full-time starter 66.1 64.4 64.4 you know 36 touchdowns 26 touchdowns like last year it was only 16 but he did miss time because of COVID mm-hmm. um, last year and he's he 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 wins. I mean, when when he played, and that's not even talking about his ru- rushing numbers, which are obviously much more impressive than his passing numbers because he's a better runner than he is a, a passer. It, it it's these are the questions that these teams have to kill themselves to try to figure out. Yeah, because it's not easy to say. I have a guy with flaws that I know that everybody sees, but I still have to give him thirty five million, or thirty million. You know. Yep. Garoppolo's won a lot of games. Yeah. San Francisco decided they could do better. Yeah. And they, they pulled the plug. Um, Gary, what, if, what if Trey Lance stinks? Right. You're going to look back and say Shanahan cost himself a job because he just wouldn't stick with Garoppolo. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Web radio at Patriots.com is the email address. And Gary from Sunderland writes in, Alex, as a fellow Western Masser, I'm looking to you to correct Paul when he says Amherst. Us Western Masters know the H is silent. The worst was the people I went to UMass Amherst with that didn't know how to pronounce Amherst. Amherst. It's like you pay to go to this school. I've heard I've heard people Amherst. say Amherst. I've always but said Amherst. I've always said Amherst. And <laughs> Me too. I, well, I've I'm said, Team Amherst, and I will continue and I will continue to say it that way. <laughs> Amherst. It sounded weird. Like when you just said it was the first time, I was like, "That what? That sounded I just, weird." Yeah, I just, Amherst. I just learned something new. <laughs> Uh, Andre from New Jersey writes in, the bet is on. In case you guys don't remember, I wrote in saying Patriots winning 11 to 12 games, which Paul laughed at me for. So uh, if not, if don't, I'll, if they don't, I'll buy you guys lunch in the near future. If they do win 11 or 12, I would like Patriots tickets for next season for one of their home games. Fred, make it happen, please. If they win 12 games, I will give you a pair of tickets to a game. You, you have my word. Yeah. Provided that I maintain my uh, employment here. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, now, what happened to the Celtics? Losing three straight games. I'm stunned. Jason Tatum is the biggest one to blame for their collapse. Turning the ball over and not showing up in the fourth quarter. People say it's fatigue, but I'm not buying it. Show the hell up for your team. You owe Kobe idler, but will never be a Kobe. Okay. Well, whatever. Huh? Uh, yeah, that's rough. I mean, I think. From the beginning, I, I said like I was nervous about the Celtics' ability to go shot for shot with the Warriors. I mean, Steph is there's no words to even describe what Steph is. So. Yeah, he's a cool cat. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I have no words. <laughs> nothing phases him. No. Yeah. Nothing at all. Yeah. And. It's funny because I am literally, you guys know how invested in the Celtics I am, but I still, every time I see Draymond Green, like, kind of talking smack a little bit, I get a little bit mad about it. A little I, I don't up. even have anything invested in it, but no, I'm like, well, he better just stop so, talking. Remember I told you that Mike wasn't watching the games, wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Friday morning, I sent him a text, and I said, Celtics lost last night. I just thought you should know. So I, I think, to me, the whole key to the thing was Golden State's defense. They play de- better defense than I think people gave them credit for going into the series. Mm. 
You know, people for oh, you know, Celtics had some really, you know, really physical series, and now they're going to play Golden State. And I even said it. You know, they're a more finesse team, and they're going to have it easier. You know, yeah. points are going to be higher. And it was the opposite. I mean, I'm not saying that Golden State was more physical than Miami, for example, but they they played better defense. You know? Yeah. Well, how would you guys rate the Celtics' defensive effort over those last few games? Was that the def- the kind of defense that they played during the season, no, or did you feel all, like they lost that It was all defensive edge? effort. There was no yeah. effort there anywhere. There was they weren't going for offensive rebounds. Mm-mm. It's a fifty fifty ball. If you get more offensive rebounds, what happens? Like they were just giving away possession after possession after possession, and then yeah, just. I don't know. I think there were a times lot of things went wrong. I think they got out coached too, and, and well, I think third, they definitely got the out-coached. third quarter. Honestly, told the story of every single game. But like, I, I think Tamara's it, point about the shots, like their ability to match, I, th- I think that's the. I think the Celtics played excellent defense for yeah. the most part in the finals. The difference, no, is I think they, they played did, a te- but I think Golden State also played really good. No, defense. I, I agree with that. <laughs> but I, yeah. to Tamara's point, I think they played very similar defense that they played in other games, except for it wasn't like. Pat Connaughton taking the wide open three. Yeah. It yeah. was a guy who could make it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I love Pat Connaughton. He's like lives two two towns over from me. Go Irish. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second like, play? Who's he playing? Jordan Poole is like this <laughs> this sort of, mm-hmm. you know, uber athletic guy, comes off the bench, has irrational confidence, he's kind of crazy. And he had a terrible series, like as a whole. Mm-hmm. But there were times that he came in and just like hit like three threes in a row in like a 90 second span like yeah that wasn't happening in the previous series right you know when some guy that i still can't pronounce his name Struss or something like that from miami what's his name you'll know alex he actually used to be on the celtics he was a celtic max Strauss. yeah <laughs> there's Revenge a difference game. between a guy who doesn't belong in the league taking threes in the eastern conference finals being left wide open as opposed to Clay Thompson being left wide open because Marcus Smart decides to dive 17 feet to the left and slide under the basket. Here we go. Here we <laughs> go. That game felt game like there was six a lot really of stuff. Felt like initially it was going to be okay, and then I don't know. When, when I, I saw, I don't want to like go on and on about the yeah, line. I didn't because I didn't see the first half because I was at my son's game on that show before that game about the lineups I saw with your Pritchard tweet on that. and and it's just like what am I watching? <laughs> I was going to lose Alex my mind. Was I was full, ripping my hair out. Alex was in full Paul pout mode yeah. <laughs> about midway through the second quarter about the lineup that was in the game. I was getting a lot of well, And that lineup didn't come out. And look at the run the Warriors went that. on. And yeah. then, Celtics, and then like, what? jumped out to a 10-point lead, and then yeah. it was just all going. When I, we I saw they were up by 10, and I, I was like, this I is exactly. Because I, I, I didn't see it. I couldn't see how the see game the was unfolding. And I thought I was like, this is so typical them. They got the crowd going, front yeah. runner. Come out. Then in a the blink, it was like a 21 nothing run, and the game with the series was over. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Uh, Richard writes in. Um, he Where is he from? Oh, from Ohio. So I'm getting a little tired of the Matt can't throw deep narrative. We know it's is false. There a ma- is there a narrative that says that? Um, some, some people say he doesn't have a strong they- arm. That's not saying he can't throw deep. Okay. There's a narrative that he doesn't have a strong arm. That I will agree with. We know it's false, but since when did quarterbacks have to throw 50-plus yards downfield every down? Isn't the smarter choice to take a check down and get three-plus yards? Well, not if the guy's wide open downfield. Sure, if you want to complete 70% of your passes and not score, that's a great way to do it. Also, I got some Patriots trivia for you. What former Patriots player was born in Nazi Germany? 
Huh. So he was born in Germany during the 30s or 40s, I think like which would make him about 20 in the 60s. So you're looking at somebody. Is that Woody Dumar? Where was Gino born? Oh, I think he was in Minnesota, wasn't he? I thought he was. Wasn't he? Oh, yeah, you're probably right. I, Minnesota. I thought there was like a military background to his f- yeah. family. Anyway, the answer is Gerhard Schwedes. 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 Syracuse. Yeah. He's got his Schwedes balls. <laughs> Gerhard Schwedes. Did you see the um, – what's, what's the name of the movie with um, – oh, God. Okay. The Syracuse movie with the Sy- Jim Brown and Floyd, um, Floyd Little. It was a Syracuse movie? Brian yeah. Song? No. Run to Orange? No, no, the train. Train. Orange peel? No, crushed orange. Anyway, the Express. Oh, okay. Thank you. Gerhard Schwedes was one of the Syracuse players in that oh, movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Alex Express. of Pawtucket, uh, I've been meaning to write in and say hello to the new member, Alexandra. As someone who was born and raised in New Bedford, I can confirm that there was a big rivalry with New Bedford in Ludlow in terms of soccer. While I played for the vocational high school soccer team, our public high school would play Ludlow, and the games were intense. Big Portuguese rivals, which leads me to this question for Alex. Is Ludlow comprised of more people from the continent or Azores? The continent. Okay. Mainland. Also, where does your family come from? My family is Azarian. Curious to hear yours. What is your favorite Portuguese dish? You may need to share the wealth of Portuguese (laughs) food with the crew. Yeah. I think I'm going to bring them in some foulard at some point. Oh. It's a uh, Portuguese bread with chouriça baked in, chouriça and bacon. Mm. It's phenomenal. Anything with bacon, bacon I'm and, up for. Bacon and bread. Yeah. Poor products. The chouriça yeah. is the best part of it. Uh, yes. Just wait, guys. Just wait. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I'm in. I'm in for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, my father's family is from the Algarve region, so the southern coast where they have the surfing competitions, Nazare. My mom, more central countryside um, above Lisbon. Okay. What was the other? Qu- what were the rest of the questions? That was it. What's okay. your favorite I think dish? Yeah, I think where you touched where on you're all from? Of it. Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Sounds Ernie good. Ernie Davis was the, the guy I was thinking of, by the way. Ernie Davis for that book. I mean, for that movie. Okay. It was the story. It was the Ernie Davis story. Basically. I see. Um, Patty's in Agawam on the Ace Ticket Hotline. What's up, Patty? What's going on, guys and gals? Hey, yo, yo. Right, you guys were uh, just to go kind of circle back to the beginning when you guys were talking about Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. Um, We saw, like, when Dante was here that whenever there was an issue, or not necessarily an issue, but in between um, series, like when the offense was off the field and the defense was on the field, he was always coaching the the offensive lineup. And I just want to know, like, if (laughs) what's going to happen? Like, if, if he's the offensive line coach, and he needs to talk to them and talk to Max. How how the hell is he going to make that happen? Yeah, it can't be two places at once. No, that's a good point. That's why we thought that maybe it's Joe Judge that sits next to Mac on the sideline and not Patricia. You know, because Mac supposedly Joe Judge is like the yeah. quarterback coach, he, well, so where, that would where make else sense, would he right? Be? Where else would he be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just a question where Patricia. But I bet they both have headsets on. I bet it's kind of unclear. But, but I get I get kind of what Patty's saying. So let's just say it is Patricia calling the plays. You you also want to talk to Mac between series too. Like what happened on that one? You know, I called this play because X. What happened? What did yeah. you see? 
you know, because you need that knowledge going forward, you know. Yeah, and you don't want to play telephone, Matt Patricia right. to Joe Judge to Mac, back to Joe Judge, back to Patricia. Right. You know, you want there to be direct lines of communications as well. So how's it going to play out? Right. I mean, we'll, Deuce, yeah. Deuce, just, to ju- just to jump off of that, yeah. too, like if let's say they give Billy Yates the game day, you know, he's the guy that talked to the offensive line on game day. I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're running into a situation like you have been in the past couple of years with Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo where one guy says something during the week and then you get on the field on Sunday and the other, somebody else is telling you something, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who are you who are you looking to? I mean, I, I think Mac's the most important part. I don't think, you know, an offensive line coach is going to make – I mean, I do think that obviously it's important, but – I agree you with know, you. at the end of the day, it, it's about Mac and getting him and the offense to execute and whatever they need to do to keep that line of communication clear. I mean, I'm sure we'll see a lot of it in camp and in the in-stadium practice and all that. We'll, we'll see them working on how that's all going to What's more likely to happen? All these young guys on defense, like it all works out mm-hmm. or this whole coaching thing works out? Uh, coaching. Yeah, uh, it's hard to believe that Bill would put them in a position where they're just like yeah, not take, prepared on I'll the take coaching defense. staff. I just think it's players. I think they got better players on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I, I don't, I mean, oh, that could be, but I, I thought you were talking about the coaching as opposed to the young guys on defense. No, no, the yeah. young guys on defense, like that's going to be fine. That's like, going to be the, you know, cause the beauty of this is whoever, whatever you pick, you can just say, no, I, wa- I want, no, but be, <laughs> you know, there's several questions going into the season. One of them is, you know, we lost Vin Noy. We lost all these guys. Will these young people be able to step up in those roles? That's a question going in the season for I the agree. defense. The uh, another question is what's going on with the offensive coaching, and mm-hmm. which one is more likely to be? It, it was fine. I, I would say offense. I, I I feel more. I feel pretty confident that the offense will be in the top half of the league. I don't yeah, mean, but that I doesn't mean no, the coaching. That's was not fine. what I'm talking about. Why? Deuce. Like well, okay, that's so why I said the beauty of this is you can make an argument that you're right no matter what happens. Right, right. Well, Mac just made an unbelievable leap and he like, put the offense on like, his back. I, I hear what you're saying. Like if the offense does fine, then ergo probably the coaching was fine. Mm-hmm. But you know maybe not. Maybe there's like we hear things like oh, you know. D- despite Matt Patricia and yeah. Joe Judge's best efforts to screw it all up somehow, <laughs> Mac. <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That, that's what I'm. That's what I'm envisioning. <laughs> if it really works yeah. out offensively, thanks, Patty. Yeah, is they somehow they, Mac they succeeded w- despite a lack of guidance. I mean, people said last year that Mac Jones was good despite Josh McDaniels with the restrictor plate on him all year and wouldn't let him do anything. Like you heard all kinds of. Yeah. Criticism of Josh McDaniels last year. Well, how would and you, now he's especially bad because he's gone. What would your expectations be for the offense if Josh was here? If Josh was still here, everything else is the same. But Josh was. Still I, here. I would. I would listen. I'm bullish on the offense now. I'd be even more bullish. Right. Yeah. You know. So I, I would think that they would continue to do what they did last year and maximize what they had. Find different ways to. Yeah. You know, exploit. You know, some some openings in defenses the way that they did. Right. I think Josh had a good. Uh, feel for when to call a shot play, when to call a trick play. Uh, you know, they almost, they almost always work when when they did it. I don't know that we can rely right. on that again right. this year. Uh, Willems and Philem, what's up, William? What's going on, Fred? Hey, how you doing? Good. All right. Um, my question is uh, for the ladies. Why not? Um, as as the roster as a whole, you know, what what do you think? What do you think should be or what do you think Bill should add more, basically, too? Like, to what position, basically? Because I'm skeptical as heck about this roster, period. Ladies? Hmm. What's she add? I mean, I don't want to jump on you, but 
are you going to add at this point? <laughs> like, oh, adding now, it's too late to add. I mean, are you saying in a perfect world, if you well, could make up a that. player, Why, why do you, you say that? I was listening to a lot of great players. I was listening to the radio today, and Dominic and Sue is going to be available. Yeah, he's not going to. What is he going to do? What What is he going to do? You don't think putting him in the middle of the line would help against the run? I feel like maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like at this point, it's going to come down to coaching and, um, you know, finding a diamond in the rough and being hopeful. And optimistic in the young players that we haven't been able to see play much because of the veterans. I think that it's going to be time to see some of this potential actually turn into production. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. Who's going to rise to the occasion? And unfortunately, that's all that we have left at this point. I mean, I like that potential into production. Yeah, potential into production. I mean, I feel like, you know, you you see the potential in, in what this roster could be. And it's now it's time for everyone to rise to the occasion and honestly it's going to come down to coaching and, and seeing what bill belichick and company coach him up coach him up coach him up in the rough i mean Good answer. The, the draft is yeah. over like free agency mm-hmm. is over yeah. um and to paul's mm-hmm. point there's not much out there like so now you have to make best with what you have yeah i'd still be excited with a front right. seven guy not to jump in on on this but you know, we've talked about Trey Flowers. I don't know how likely that is. There hasn't really been much talk of that. But I, w- I would take. I, I think, will I think account a player for there a guy who's already on. been here yeah. like that that okay. doesn't have any kind of a transition to make. He could help. Okay. He's not going to make a difference in terms of wins and losses or anything, but he could help. Yeah. Like, 35-year-old and Dominican Sue, like, yeah, he's probably better than Godshaw, but. Thanks, William. I don't know what, he, I don't know what he's going to give you. William in the streets of Philly. It's tough out there. Yeah. You see, there was uh, a <laughs> freaking shooting like right near where we stayed when we were there in Philly. Is that right? A couple nights ago. Yeah. That was crazy. Uh, Mike writes in from L.A. Can you see Peppers taking Duggars or even D-Max snaps? His play style and athletic ability gives him the edge on both of them. So that was going to be my answer is seeing like how the secondary shapes up with the turnover and who kind of steps up there. All the safeties and slot corners. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what to make of Peppers and Duggar and, and, and Phillips. I don't know how all three of those guys, along with McCourty, I don't know how all four of those get on the field consistently together. I mean, I, I guess you could make an argument that Peppers maybe will play more like pure kind of linebacker role. I, there's been some of that in his career. But you got three guys that are all kind of strong safety types. Like how much need do you – and then Jonathan Jones also kind of plays safety too. So – you know, they got a lot of guys in the middle of the field. I just I don't know how they defend the outside. See, and, my and thing is, them. what happens when plays get extended? You know, because I think if they can, you know, uh, accelerate the pace of the play and get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quicker than he wants, okay, then I think you're in good shape. But what happens when, you know, either they're blocking really well and the quarterback has a lot of time or the quarterback himself just extends the play? Can they, you know, if you have – these great safeties who can play in the box, that's great, but can they cover? Right. Well, you know? Well, I think it's a worthwhile question, too, because, you know, who's getting your pressure besides Judon and Barmore? And if those guys aren't having a great game, you know, who fills in? Who helps flush a guy out of the pocket? And do, you, do you have smart defensive ends that are going to know how to play those mobile quarterbacks like Josh Allen? Keep him, you know, I mean, do you even want to keep him in the pocket anymore? I, I don't know where they're at with that. I mean, clearly, we're still searching for answers on him. It's, uh, I, I just I, I have a lot of questions about the defense, and that fit, goes back to the last question of you know who are these guys that are going to step up, and you know is Uche ready to be a consistent 
at least third down player. That's a big one. An impact. Me, you yeah. know, an impact. Like, and it's fine. He doesn't have to be a three down linebacker that plays, you know, every snap. But I, I don't see how this team really has a successful defense this year if he's not an impact player on third down finally. like I, And I think he has the most potential, and I'm not saying it's a lot. We've seen little glimpses here and there of, of, of his athleticism. But, you know, I have yet to see a, a play where, wow, there it is. If he could just do that, you know, I mean, he's around, he's athletic, but there, there aren't plays like you saw from Barmore last year where a couple times it was like, He's just a handful for any – I mean, and you knew that within two, two, three practices. Oh, it was like week two where they said, we got to double-team this guy. Yeah, teams. yeah. Like, you know, it was just apparent that he's probably going to be stronger than most people he, he lines up against. But I agree with Mike. Like, Judon – like, he's a pocket collapser. Barmore's disruptive. He's yeah. disruptive as hell. Yeah. But he's not going to be a guy that's consistently getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands fast if there's no other pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. Because he's a, he's a collapse guy. He's not a – he just shot through a gap and around two guys and no, no, he's right like, But he's a guy who can push his guy right. he into does. the pocket. So if there's right. no other pressure, then you just move. Yeah, and, right. You right. know, there's really he needs to be part of yeah. something with others. And that's why I, I, I think, think so good, be good. I think my well, that's not what he is. I mean, big guy. besides the fact that he'll probably end up getting suspended like he does every other year. Uh, but um, not on this team. To your point, it would be Peppers, interesting to see him under. Coach As a linebacker, Sue's gotten better. He's not the same guy he was earlier. Yeah, but he's not he's the same. And he's not the same player no, he was earlier. I know he's older. Yeah, which is why he's unemployed on uh, you yeah. know coming up on July. Yeah. Um, Jack writes, and we were talking about birthdays earlier. He said there's a strong correlation between athletes being born early in the year and athletic success. Hmm. This phenomenon is called the relative age effect. It's too involved to explain. Briefly. I didn't know this, but it's absolutely a fact. It's too involved to explain briefly, but in a nutshell, when young athletes are older than their cohorts, they experience athletic success. Athletic success promotes confidence, and the confidence gives young athletes motivation to continue their athletic pursuits. This has been well documented in both college and professional sports. Yeah, it was the economics, the 10,000 hours guy. Um, Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, yeah. he had a, a chapter in one of his books about this. You know a little something about everything. I'm he actually well read. used I'm, I'm uh, well read, Paul. He used hockey as an example of this and in Canada and how you had like a, a disparate number of people in like March and April birthdays that are successful NHL players. But like for everything they said of, you know, that perfect kind of sweet spot and, and obviously the success too helps – See, to me, it's it's about it's more about the school. Like I don't, again, I yeah, haven't like done any cutoffs. research. It's you more would, about yeah. the school year yeah. than it is like the, like April is late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was one of the oldest kids in my class with an and October your, birthday. Yes, the, I'm t- I'm just telling you anecdotally. <laughs> there's a team that absolutely dominated our little league every year. They had and it was intentional. They used to get all the kids that had like the August, September, October because they're a year they're six months older than virtually everybody else at their same age in the league. So when you're nine and you're six months older than someone else who's nine... Makes a big difference. That's yeah. a big part of your life. Right. It's a half of year out of nine. Right. As opposed to like when you're six months older than someone when you're 50, it's nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah. going into kindergarten too, like there's a big difference between being five and four. Yes. Developmentally. Yes, like my son was one of the youngest kids in his class as an April birthday. And Little League, there was like three kids in, in the 12-year-olds. There were like We had 48 12-year-olds when TJ was in Little League, and he was the third youngest as in, in an April birthday. I was born at the end of June. It didn't hurt me. 
Oh my God. Right, some of us were so able to overcome the June birthday and be a Division One athlete. Anyway, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Or an April birthday for them. But as, as my get kids into like the Hall of Fame, as the kids like to tell me, you know, it, it's because of the genes that I gave them <laughs> that they're, they're, they don't dominate. The, the dad genes. Yeah. 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 Um, Tamara and Alex, did you know that <laughs> Paul I see what is did, in yeah. the BU Baseball Hall of Fame? Yeah. No let's, way. Let's, I yeah. Didn't know let's, that. let's move on. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Let's move on. Why do you? You know. You should, you He's, know, he hit one of the longest balls Scott Pioli's ever seen in his whole life. Paul Perillo I actually launched surrendered one. one of the longest home runs that Scott Pioli's <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Call him long ball Paul. <laughs> no, but tr- seriously. He's You're a, a pitcher? Yeah. BU Baseball Hall of Fame. Can you Right not? there. This is a good fun fact. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. need to know this. Yeah. Do you have like a plaque somewhere? It's like a plaque. You want me to bring it in? Somewhere? You got like a yeah. like a yeah. like a bust. I don't know where it is. Is it some kind of bust? Now the BU Baseball Hall of Fame is like is. downstairs, <laughs> like next to the boiler room somewhere. <laughs> it's like Sergeant Jim. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually one of those new. It's, buildings it's a cabinet, that, right? Yeah. The yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. What are you gonna do? The Perillo Wing. But he is. He's in. He's. I mean, that's something. Yeah. What was your career record? Was there like a career record you had? Like, is that what got you in? <laughs> what was your what best pitch? You what do you? What, like what? what? I, don't know. I was like eleven and twenty. <laughs> career. Four years. And, and this is a guy who doesn't like Kevin Falk being <laughs> the I never said that I should have been in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Did you have any no hitters? <laughs> <laughs> How much could you get on a fastball? So I'll tell you. Uh, Paul was I a cagey lefty. I was <laughs> clocked at 85. Um, That's pretty fast. When um, Wait, are you really a lefty? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like me now or do you still <laughs> hate me because I'm a Gemini? She's like got a whole like, like uh, she's got a whole profile she's putting together <laughs> like an astrology. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like the fact that the laptop is open. <laughs> she's building <laughs> dossiers. Right, on all right, I know. <laughs> so I had a game that we, were, we played in Fenway. We played in the first baseball bean pot. <laughs> and you said, do I have any no-hitters? <laughs> yeah. I was pitching against Northeastern, and, and they had no hits in the seventh inning, and we were losing 3 nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's another thing. We ended up all. You should <laughs> know. Up he loves Northeastern, but he went to BU. So right. As that's much, a, these are key moments of Paul. That's another thing. So He's a big so- Northeastern yeah. fan. My sophomore year at Northeastern, we, we I came in relief, and Mike Kelfer was the shortstop, and he, he played hot. He was a really good hockey player. You must know Kelf. Kelf. Um, so he he comes in, he gets the ball after it goes around the horn. He goes, this must be like a dream come true for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Um, yeah, we'll find out. You can, yeah. Paul's got quite a past. Yeah. Yeah. Everett. Yeah. I will tell you that if you ever want to talk about stories, they all almost involve me giving up Titanic home runs. Because <laughs> when you throw like 85 and you miss a spot, the ball goes a long See, way. See, the thing so about. So the standard at BU is. Uh, yeah. Pretty high, huh? The thing about BU baseball thing? is, so Paul was <laughs> on the team. <laughs> Brian Morey was on the <laughs> BU just, baseball just team. Just took a turn. <laughs> Brian Morey's on the BU baseball team, and and he's really not in the Hall of Fame. Hates the fact that Paul's in the Hall of Fame. He's not. And Bearish Najarian was on the BU baseball team, only for a year, but right. Yeah. He's not in the Hall of Fame. No, he's not in the Hall of Fame either. Only Paul, yeah. just Paul. And it, just to be clear, it's not the BU Athletics Hall of Fame. It's the BU Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> Big difference. Oh, I see. I see. Big difference. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's not up there with Harry Aganis. No. 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 Him and All like the hockey guys. Perillo, yeah. Jackie Parker. No. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, I may have declined the opportunity. Aruzioni. If, if it was that, I may have declined the opportunity. <laughs> who's the short? Who's the short bald guy that's coming up? Here? <laughs> Eleven and twenty-one. <laughs> now. Did you pose for a bust? I did make the, the All-Star team my sophomore year. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. 
Did you? Did they make a bust of you for the Hall of Fame? Is that what they do? You sit and they make a bust. <laughs> you sit I so bad. Want to just destroy him right now? <laughs> do you get a ring? Somebody like what? What, what did you get for being in yeah. the Hall Jacket of Fame? Jacket or something? Jelly of the like Month Club plaque. A plaque. <laughs> It's a plaque and kind of like, I don't know, like a little <laughs> solid little gold bus that was chiseled while you sat for yeah. seven hours it was, straight. It was not a, uh, it was, it was not a bust. They didn't do the, uh, like stick things up your nose and they do a plaster cast of your head. What hat did you wear? Northeastern or BU when you were official? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Watch out. Watch yeah. out. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> You're treading on water. You're treading carefully here. <laughs> He's about to explode. <laughs> 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 to, like, just rain all hell over me. <laughs> uh, let's see. Back to the emails. Uh, Johnny in Leeds, England, writes in, after listening to the Bold Take podcast with Greg Bedard, oh. whose guests thought that Pierre, Pierre Strong will lead the team in all-purpose yards with 700 rushing and 700 receiving, wow. I was keen to get your guys' take on a few categories and who leads each. Receiving touchdowns. Who's, who's going to have the most receiving touchdowns for the Patriots this year? Hunter Henry. I'm going to say Hunter Henry. Okay. So easy. Nobody Devontae Parker? Nobody mm. biting Devontae no. Parker? I, I could see maybe uh, Myers or Bourne. I was going to say. him a little bit. I was going to go or Hunter Henry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, rushing Myers. touchdowns. Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah. Really? Wow. Oh. I said Damien. Yeah. Okay. I think either way, you're you're in okay territory. Yeah. Uh, receiving yards, yards. Myers. Myers. Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. Bourne. And finally, rushing yards. Who has the most rushing yards? Uh, Damian. Ramondre Stevenson. Okay. Yeah, Damian or Ramondre. But that's interesting. Pierre Strong, really. Somebody's pretty pretty high on him. Yeah. But again, like an interesting player. He didn't tell us who Tall. his guest is. I was say, was. Try, that's trying too hard. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's impossible. Like, guys have had great rookie years, but you tell me that's what you think is going to happen. Can you you think he's going to have 700 rushing and receiving yards. Yeah. Like, how would camp have to go for that to happen? Like, how quick out of the gate would he just be? That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. All over You'd the have place. to see it right away. Like, right. Like, like, this means they, they, like, traded Harris and Stevenson got hurt. Mm hmm. Like, I don't really see how he gets the amount of opportunities to rack up 1,400 total yards. Yeah, because even like... And James White isn't a factor. Right, well, yeah. we'll see on that one. But, but I mean, even Stevenson, who had a very good rookie year, like, I mean, he had a great preseason touchdown in his first game, and, and that's probably about as much as you could ask from a guy, like, preseason-wise, and... He was still just kind of a rotational piece, well, like then not he, like. Then he fumbled in the first game. Ah, not, not to I be, forgot about that. Not to be seen I for two months. Forgot about that, and then he went and put on ice. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a break in a minute, but before we do, Eldred's in North Carolina. What's up, Eldred? Hey, ladies. Hey, uh, gentlemen, how y'all doing? Hey, Hi. good. Hey, hey, Fred. Yeah. Oh. I now know why you got that vigor in your voice. Last time I talked to you uh, about, you said about that uh, that count. Yeah. That's not, like I said before, that's not me. Okay. Uh, I, my, good my, to know. my original account, I, I got on a black I got on a black shirt, a black hat, and shade, and I'm in my Camaro. Okay. That's my original account. I got gotcha. you. The other guy uh, uh, was me and Melvin. I met Melvin a couple years ago, and we took a picture together and put it on Facebook. He cut Melvin out and just got my picture up there. Gotcha. Okay. That's the other guy. All right. That's the other guy. Yeah, because that guy's uh, particularly so nasty. Like so you're not really a chauvinist pig? <laughs> No, I'm not shoving this big, but I can't get I mad, know, though, but I'm not. 
<laughs> I can, but no. But no, I, I wouldn't uh, dare cut, uh, cut Fred out, nothing like that. Or you, Paul. Or Deuce. Oh. We have some arguments, but I won't cut you out either. Oh, I appreciate but. it. <laughs> no, I love you. <laughs> no, we wouldn't do that, man. But uh, my question is this. I saw this piece to my five players that could help the, uh, the Patriots. I keep wondering why they keep getting older players instead of looking for younger players. That's what we That's do. That's my question. Who who was the who was the the people on the list? They had Trey Flowers. They had Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, it's just, yeah. Well, it's all old guys. It's all old guys available Jason now. McCordy, There's no like Jason McCordy. Yeah. 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 I mean, the young guys are still either under contract or, you know. Yeah. Trey Flowers <laughs> is young enough to still. Help. I can see Trey Flowers. Yeah. If you saw like a Jason McCourty signing now, though, you, I, I would have real concerns of like this isn't going well. Malcolm Butler isn't working out. Terrence Mitchell isn't working out. They point, think Jack Deuce. Jones is a way, ways off. Like, at least at defensive end, I could say I think they're light. But if they if mm-hmm. they got a cornerback, I'd be I'd be worried. I mean, I already am worried. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, yeah, I'm worried too. But uh, I heard y'all earlier, and I, I'm sorry, y'all. I can't go with Joe Judge and uh, Patricia being offense coordinator in Wichita. I just can't see it. Yeah. Well, you just might have to. <laughs> you might have no I choice. I might see it, but I have my crying towel out, too. All right. See it. Okay. <laughs> you blank. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Eldred. All right. Um, going to take a break, eat some food. When we come back, more calls and emails here in Patriots Unfiltered. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact... It takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. We are patriots, and our standards are a little different. We don't just carry the hopes of a city, but the hopes of an entire region. For us, no uphill battle is ever too high to climb. And our favorite ring is the next one. Our job isn't done until the final down is played. And everyone knows we gave it our all. We the fans march forward with the power to do what it takes. Just like we've done time and time again. We are the home field advantage. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the New England Patriots and stand with them as they defy the odds. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. 
Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. The ruling on the field stands. 
We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great. But it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith. A belief in what you're striving toward. And a willingness to make the commitment day in and day out to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. We are patriots, and our standards are a little different. We don't just carry the hopes of a city, but the hopes of an entire region. For us, no uphill battle is ever too high to climb. And our favorite ring is the next one. Our job isn't done until the final down is played. And everyone knows we gave it our all. We the fans march forward with the power to do what it takes. Just like we've done time and time again. We are the home field advantage. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the New England Patriots and stand with them as they defy the odds. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on. Only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And now, great moments in history. They are two separate well, things, this what per- you're describing. This person's concerned about the posi- positionless coaching. 
Right, and I'm saying that's not what it is. It's not positionless okay, coaching. But that's what he's concerned about. Okay, but I just I should have alleviated your concerns by explaining that Joe Judge told us last week he's working with quarterbacks. He did. Matt Patricia told us last week he's working with the offensive line. Nick Cayley told us he's working with the tight ends. Those There's no positionless worries to, to for anybody. There are. You shouldn't have them. But I'm, I'm trying to allay the fears of the email. I, I, because I, all the coaches told you what they're going to be doing. I, I, but no one told you who's calling plays. But there's That's a it. lot of writers who took it the other way and and mentioned Steve Belichick and Cam Accord and said, why aren't they? Why aren't they telling? Offensive these, coordinator is the concern. Why aren't they? Okay, but I'm just saying what some writers said. Why aren't they telling these coaches what they're doing? Right. Your yeah. show went right. on and on was, about it. Yes, calling plays. Ridiculous. Yes, yeah. that's not that's, just calling plays. Well, that's the you. only thing that is unknown, Fred, is who is calling the okay. plays on both sides okay. of the ball. Okay, but I'm telling you that it went further. Okay, with in your opinion, it didn't. I listen to the shows. You make fun of me all the time for listening to my shows. I listen to them. Okay, I, I they can't believe that Joe Judge and Matt Patricia are in charge of Mac Jones's all important that, year two. That is true. That's that, the concern. That is true for them. But I will also show you other people who wrote about why aren't they telling, you know, this is, why are they doing this? In the end, right. Ta- why, are they, why are they not telling who's calling the plays? Okay, that, the that, rest of it, they told you. Okay, I, when I show it to you, then you can read it. These people weren't. Mike, can you please back me I up? I think you're both saying the same yeah, thing. No, no, no. <laughs> That's another great moment from And by the way, I did show Paul those who were writing that. And he said, oh, that's, oh, I, I was wrong. That was that's right. <laughs> and this is what he showed me. And this is, may God strike me right dead right now. He showed me a blog linking to the three, story. Three. Three. To a story. Three. That said exactly the opposite. No, three. Three. So yes. A, a and quick, sir, it took me two minutes right. to find three examples of not just offensive coordinator, but the Patriots are. No. I'm telling you, they linked to a story that's, that broke down Joe Judge quarterbacks. Matt Patricia, offensive line. It was the day after that Monday. I, that was another. Remember when thing, we got? Yeah. Remember when we got the coaches back to back days? Oh yeah. It yeah. was the it was the, the Tuesday after the Monday, and it was the stories that were had these blogs linked to the stories saying exactly the opposite. Yeah. Like no. somebody doesn't have reading comprehension, I guess. They're that linking to stories. The concern is who was calling the plays. That's the concern that remains. People still don't know. Who's calling the plays? No one's worried about who's coaching the offensive line. Yeah. yeah. No one who's no one's worried about who's coaching the but secondary. I, all, all I was the only point I was making on that day is the day after those video calls where they had the coaches line up, there were there were writers saying they're not telling anybody who's anything. Not writers. And it wasn't again. just the coordinator who's calling plays. It was overall. And yes, it was hyperbole, and it wasn't accurate. But I'm telling you, that's what they were saying. And all I was saying was that the writers weren't saying it. And you showed me a blog linking to a writer's one, story one, one that was the US, opposite. One was USA Today. The other was a blog. One of yes. you know well, Deuce's this friends. This is my guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Blog. Yeah. 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 <laughs> blog. Yes. Hack. You know, uh, I, Mike knows who I'm talking about. I I'm, do. Believe me, they hate me enough. I don't they have do. to say any more names oh. on the air. They okay. did. They had a minor mistake yesterday too. They had the wrong Daryl Williams. They like did like Patriots signed Daryl Williams, and it was the Bills Daryl Williams. So anyway, oh. I digress. Uh, let's get back to these emails, shall we? Um, we should. Dexter in Santa Rosa, California, says my entire family and myself got uh, of six got COVID last week. Oh no. 
Um, had kids throwing up and everyone was struggling. Oh the fatigue was real and so was the COVID fog, as they say. Now everyone is doing much better, thank God. During the heightened time of stress, the one thing that kept going through my head was, I can't believe the Patriots changed up the terminology of the <laughs> offense on Cam Newton. <laughs> uh, jokes aside, Alex was a great addition to the show. Keep it rolling. As the sole listener of the Greg Hill Show, I was rooting for her, but I'm happy that she is now on the big, uh, longest-running digital podcast webisode <laughs> thing of all time. <laughs> Off-season question. What is your favorite superhero movie of all time? Oh, Mine is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Animated but phenomenal. It's a very good one. It is great. That's a very good the one. The soundtrack, too, is... The really Peter good. Porker joke got me every time. I like Porker? laugh out loud. Yeah. Peter Porker. I'm Peter Porker. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, The Dark Knight. I still love that yeah. one. That is Christian definitely my Bale favorite. as yeah. Batman is yeah. the only Batman. Tense. You know, just the... The one with the oh, Joker. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. He, it was Matt? just so good. Christian I think Bale my favorite is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm. Okay. <laughs> just a matter of fact. I have to um, abstain. I haven't seen that one. But then I'd put the second one, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, just behind it. Just behind it. I, I like that one, too. But And then Batman Begins. But I just like the realism. Kind of Nolan trilogy. No, I like it. I like it. I like it. I don't know what to say. Um, I just like the realism of it. I like the realism sport. of the sport. You know, it, it kind of the Batman is the intersection of a superhero slash real guy. And I just felt those movies just captured so much tension. I mean, I thought that the Avengers ones were pretty good, too. The, the big ones near the end where it was kind of all coming together. I think they did a great job with that one. But... I, I agree. I think the trilogy uh, with Christopher Nolan, what he did with kind Batman, ruined him for me. You know, start. I think Dark Knight one, Bane two, and then the the first one was yeah. three. Yeah, which yeah. is fine. And I watched the new one too with with Pattinson. I don't know. I, just, I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was really good. People, I thought that was really good. It was awesome. That movie was great. Yeah, I, I liked the it was villain. Really good. I thought he was scary. He seemed kind of like the um, like the Zodiac. Like, that was the yeah. Zodiac Killer. That was kind of the vibe I think they were going for. So I yeah. liked him. He was kind of scary and freaky. I needed freaky, more, like, character development out of that. Yeah, it was a lot of just... Twitter called it a seven ripoff. Be careful. There He's you go. Start making that makes fun sense. That's fine. That makes sense. No, I, I, I <laughs> but seven was phenomenal. Yeah. Seven was phenomenal. Did I, I hear that they're doing another Joker movie and it's a musical? Correct, and Lady that. Gaga is Harley Quinn. Wait, what? Lady Gaga? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> and, it's a, and it's a DC production? Yeah, it is, it's a legit sequel. So they're making the Joker with, what's his name? They're Wo saying Wo it's going to be like Phoenix. La La Joaquin, Land with the Joker and Harley Quinn. Joaquin Phoenix, and it's going to be a musical? <laughs> I mean, good luck. I, Why saw, are they what, doing What was that? the Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire where they did some, they did some like, in the third musical? One. Oh, that one was rough. But that, like... Dancing Toby. I like the realism of it, and that feels like it's... I mean, maybe it'll be funny. I didn't see the Joker. Was that good? It was good, yeah. yeah. I just find it funny that Mike says, I like the realism of a superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. I, that's, why ones, I like Iron that's why I like I Iron know exactly what he's talking about. It felt about. tense, and you know, it, was just, uh, it was just a good movie. You were totally involved in it, and I thought Heath Ledger was amazing, and you, know, you didn't know how it was all, all going to play out, and then there was a, you know, a good twist in the end. Yeah, Fred. How come you don't make fun of Alex for wanting more character development in the movies? That I have no watches? problem with that. How come when I say it, you make fun of me? <laughs> Backstory. How come when it's I important. say things like that, you make fun of me? Because you're talking about Almost Famous or some <laughs> movie like that. <laughs> Almost Famous that was a great oh, movie. I like that movie. I liked you Almost Famous. You had 
You had I know. So I, many had, I, I you had so many good movies. I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. She's all that. I blew it. You had so many stupid movies that I liked. Yeah, I And you pick an actually great movie. I blew it. Almost famous. I blew it. I had an opening, and I missed the opening. Oh, man. You take that. You so let me down there. I blew it. 16 Candles. She's all right. That's a great movie. That's a good movie. She's all that. I mean, come on. Say anything. Take the glasses off. Take the glasses off. Maybe there's a hair in a ponytail. Oh, my God. I didn't know she was stunningly beautiful <laughs> oh like uh, that came out of nowhere that movie is made yeah. a thousand so, times no but character development like i don't want to any spoilers but stranger things matt and i had a big discussion before the show mm. i i need a little bit more information on one of the characters i needed someone i went to my i had to go to my 13 year old son to to get like a little bit of clarification we can discuss afterwards. okay well, the same thing i needed a little bit of yeah you know things that 11 was remembering that weren't quite as they seemed i really initially. need to see this Sorry. I think you should. No, you're not spoiling. It. I was I thinking. No, no, no. I, I was thinking about it though. I think you would like it. You, you. It's enough '80s nostalgia. Oh yeah. I think you would kind of get into it. do the yearbook. Oh. Maybe I can get started on Stranger Things. All right, all right. Catch up. Get get going. Get going on that. Um, Tyler and Natick writes in. Uh, I'm still relatively new to New England and would love to plan out a date to the north end of Boston for an Italian dinner with my wife. What would you all recommend as the best Italian restaurant on the north end for a date? Um. Does pizza count as Italian? Because he needs to go to Regina's Pizza. Okay. I think, you know, maybe, though, he's thinking more romantic. But they're really, I mean, you you cannot have, you cannot go in a bad place. None of those restaurants could afford to pay the rent if they weren't good. Yeah. They're all phenomenal. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just pick I one. I did go to one. Yeah. yeah. Carmelina's is the one. I've, I, I haven't been there a lot, but yes. that one was um, really good. I had I chicken love, parm from Carmelina's. I love Bacco on Salem Street. My apologies if I'm not pronouncing it right. Baco? 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 Maybe it is Baco. Baco, Brico, Hico, Lico, and Schnico. Beppo. Trattoriel, Pugno. There's one that begins with an A that I went to. Not Aroma, but it was really good. But they're all good, like you said, you know. I think half the time I don't remember the name of the place that I ate at. That's how good they all are. It right. doesn't really matter. Yeah, the yeah. thing I got at Carmelinas, I've gotten it twice. I got it the same. It was like a a little short rib, a sausage, and a meatball. Interesting. And like some ricotta. It was. Oh, if you like chicken parm was everything. You, if you, you like, like seafood, it? That I love it. Um, ricotta. Giacomo's. Oh, well, he says Giacomo. neither of us. That's the answer. Giacomo's. Neither That's of us answer. eat seafood, so that wouldn't be a draw for oh, either of mind. us. Okay. Grow I, up. I did just go to modern. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I did just go to Modern Pastry for the first time, and it was the bee's knees. I've heard some say that Mike's Pastry down the road is better. Yep. And I didn't know if it would be worth trying when we visit yes. next. What's the yeah, third so cannoli place that's neither of those with neither of the weight, more towards Salem well, Street? If, yeah, you gotta, um, if you don't want to wait, don't go there. I would just like to say that I already know that that grow up was going to be clipped and used in the teas <laughs> in, the next, <laughs> in the next show. Mm. Get ready. <laughs> I like I like it though. Um, also, <laughs> Ty- Tyler says, "Do any of you have any specific directors or producers that you would always be willing to watch whatever shows or movies they made?" Judd Apatow uh, credits include Knocked Up, Freaks and Geeks, and Forty Year Old Virgin is mine. And was just curious what Deuce thinks about Apatow. Wait, I need to go first. Apatow. Okay, go. go ahead. Anything. Dick Wolf, I'm watching, which is oh. why. Oh. Which is why. Are you watching, are you watching Lord and Order <laughs> right now? SVU. 
<laughs> which is why I have to watch like Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, Law and Order. Like they're all produced by the same Dick Wolf person. Yeah. Law and Order, which is why I love all of them. Yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, uh, Apatow. Liked, I, I don't know, This Is 40 kind of lost me. Got a little <laughs> Liked long. I miss when Avatar was just pumping out movies, though. Yeah. We I haven't had a good rom What else have we had? I, I think know, he has more misses than he's yeah. people give but him credit for. But the classics are so... Well, 40-year-old virgin, right? That that was... Was oh. that all him? That yeah. was tremendous. I know he's involved Freak, in a Freaks lot of Freaks and Geeks stuff. was a Freaks great yeah. show that was very short-lived because yep. no one watched it. Yeah. But now it's a cult classic. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I years it. ago. And look at what all those people have done with their careers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Y- years ago, and I do stress years ago, anything Woody Allen produced, uh-huh. I was in for it. Yeah. And then all the hit the fan and I can't stomach yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know? The old, the old stuff. But, like, before I knew all that stuff, like, anything he directed, wrote, was <laughs> in, I was, I was at the movies so watching. Do you guys all sort of... Think of movies. You probably do, do this because you were in the, the industry. In the you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're a vet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't really watch movies with the thought of, oh, that's a such and such movie. And it'll, ha- you know, this is like, I don't think I'm I just not smart enough yeah. to do that. Well, like Ridley Scott. It, like, like right. I, I like Ridley Scott yeah. stuff. Like, I know all the names. Yeah. I don't necessarily. If you told me like, oh, name five. Mo- I couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. I like I know he's obviously, you know, Cameron and. Scott Spielberg. Francis like Ford, there are certain Scott. directors, Coppola. though. Yeah. I don't stuff. really think of it yeah. in those terms. Yeah, I really I like uh, Alexander Payne was one, that I, but I don't know. He, he's he's good. I, I like Cameron Crowe for a while, then he kind of lost me too. Um, You're probably a Norman couple. Lear guy. Norman Lear, sure. <laughs> I, he came and talked to one of my classes. I mean, he's yeah. still. Did he have the little hat on? Yes, yeah. yes, he did. And I was like, "How old is this guy?" Like he was still coming he's around pitching stuff. Now, I mean, it's I crazy. He was on TV last so year. Alex and Tamara, do you know who still Norman Lear is? He's still doing. No, it. no. So he he like for a while in the 70s and 80s, he was the guy producing. He was the Dick Wolf of sitcoms. Tamara, yep. he did All in the <laughs> Family and Maud and the Jeffersons and. Um, yeah. He was producing one show hit hit show after another. Norman yeah, Lear, kind of a precursor to Gary Marshall, who was another one that, oh, that we worked Gary with. Marshall. Who just and there's a great documentary about Gary Marshall and just he was an odd. I mean, we did we did the Odd Couple redo, so he was around a lot. And one time during one of the shows we were taping, he got up and just started talking to the audience. Like usually there's a warm up person, and he just got up and started telling like stories about old Hollywood and. You know, then and it was funny because I didn't have a true I mean, I knew who he was. I knew everything he had done. But then, like, when you watch the documentary and you realize, you know, he would have like Laverne and Shirley, which was a spinoff from, you know, a couple characters that he just brought in his sister into Happy Days. And, you know, he made a whole empire of of just shows where, like, at one point it was like all Gary Marshall shows where he would just, you know, and then like the executives be like, Gary Marshall walk in. Hey, I got this. Great. That's yeah. And, and And then the other guy who was like one after another it was the hour-long kind of drama comedies Stephen Bochco yeah, sure. he NYPD was hot Blue. Oh, NYPD I mean, that's, Blue right? that's in the yeah. Dick Wolf that's the Dick Wolf you know I like, universe. I was yeah. a big NYPD Blue fan yeah it was a great one but he Sipowitz yeah yeah we talked about yeah. NYPD Blue but Bochco was, was big yeah and then was it so Stephen Cannell was he Hill Street Blues initially I think yeah I think yeah. Stephen Cannell was he was Fantasy Island and all oh, those really yeah oh, okay it's not what I was thinking he was all those yeah. see I don't I remember I don't that. remember him as well yeah, yeah. You, I, but I, you I watched a little like bit of TV growing up yeah. <laughs> well I watched yeah I watched a lot but of it TV. used to be so you had four channel three channels you yeah. know and, and you the same producers and same so, actors getting so in. Tamara and Alex you, you missed out on this but when we were kids Every year in the fall, all the cartoons refreshed. 
and so they had new seasons or new cartoons and they would have a special on Friday night before the season to introduce you to all the all the networks would have these specials about all the new cartoons that are going to happen oh, wow. on Saturday morning that definitely doesn't happen oh my god your head would explode when you're a kid like you know cuz two cartoons would be on at 11 o'clock yeah. in the morning and, and you had to pick between which ones you're going to watch it was crazy it doesn't exist anymore the, the saturday morning cartoons no. he's older than me because yeah. I you don't remember no saturday morning <laughs> cartoons <laughs> i remember saturday morning cartoons i don't remember any, i don't remember the you don't preview remember, shows yeah, you don't remember the preview show no. oh no. my god i remember the networks used to have little half hours previewing their season yeah and like talking about their new that's what sitcoms. I mean. yeah. yeah like just talking about cartoons right I don't have any recollection of oh that. Oh yeah, at all. just about the cartoons. No. Yeah. I don't remember that. That it was really it was, over the top. It was huge. And you get up and you'd be you'd be watching at eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday. You have your cereal yeah. and you'd have your whole lineup mapped out. Eight to eight thirty I'm gonna watch this, eight thirty to nine I'm gonna watch that. It would always oh, yeah. cap off with Saved by the Bell for us. That was like the I think like the ten, eleven o'clock show late yeah. Saturday morning. But but they got Saved worse. By the like by noon it was like awful. Oh, you're, you're done. And you're then done. it was Thriller Theater on Chin you know, yeah. the Cre- horror. Creature movies. double feature. Creature double feature. I'm interested right. to see what type of cereal Fred was eating. Um, back then it was anything from Captain Crunch to okay. uh, Wheaties oh. to Just thinking about Captain Crunch so makes the roof of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite? Oh, yeah. My favorite? Um, I liked Raisin Bran a lot. Uh, yeah. You sound like an old person. No. <laughs> he is old. <laughs> and I, no, but I like I like what you know. Frosted Cap- flakes. I did not and like. Loops. Um, uh, I like Fruit Loops. I like Frosted Flakes. I did not like the one with the marshmallows. Lucky uh, Charms. Lucky Charms. Oh. Charm. Hated no. Lucky Charms. Really. Captain yeah. Crunch and love Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch is my yeah. favorite. Yeah. But I also really like. I don't know. I'm not a big cereal person. This is a hot take because I don't like milk. Like I put just enough milk yeah. on my cereal, or oh. some people like drown their cereal. I do. Yeah. I like I, soggy cereal. I'll let it sit and not. sog up a the, little. The bit. other thing Ew. was uh, English mm-hmm. muffins with butter and jelly. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. I also mm-hmm. that was a breakfast of ours. Yeah. yeah. I also like Honey Nut Cheerios. They're so sure. good. Yeah. So sog them up a little bit. I don't Ew. know if they had those when I was a kid. They had Cheerios, but, but not I don't honey think they nut. had Honey okay. Nut when I was a kid. No. Yeah. Regular Cheerios are gross. Yeah, I agree. You got to put sugar on, yeah. right? Yeah. Which it's defeats the good. purpose. Right? Yeah, right. It's like you know when they just decided to drop all pretenses. They came up with like cookie crisp. Like, right. What do right, we do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna have we're cookies. just gonna like yeah. feed our kids for yeah. breakfast. So good yeah. though. They were yeah. Cocoa unbelievable. Pebbles oh, I love cocoa mm. pebbles. Turn pebbles. the milk to chocolate milk. Fruity pebbles get little soggy cho- in two seconds. But I like fruity pebbles too. But if you go, so I had a method to avoid the soggy milk, and you just very gradually put the milk in. You eat. Soaked one, so no. you still get the crispy, and then you keep going no, more no, milk. No, you more milk. okay? No, I need it no. all squishy. It's so then like then it sounds like a then lot then of work. Count cho- <laughs> count cho- I know it's so much work to pour milk <laughs> in a cereal. And then count count chocula. You literally times, you yes. literally had chocolate milk when you were done in the oh, bowl. Yes. Oh, oh, or, 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 or yeah. cinnamon okay. cinnamon toast crunch. What's the bakery so in L.A.? What's the bougie bakery that sells cereal milk? Deuce. Yeah, yeah. Milk. It's actually called milk. Yeah, yeah. There's one in Harvard Square. Yep, that's good. Wow, good. Serial killers in Vegas. We're gonna hit that up. <laughs> yeah, put start making a list for Vegas. Hopefully, serial. <laughs> they do in LA. They have a like a serial bar yeah. that yeah. you can go in and it's cereal it's used to be a much bigger cereals. part of my life, yeah. and I kind of miss it. Yeah, I don't yeah. really eat cereal now. Maybe once a week. I do. Now. 
Hmm. Special K with strawberries. Yeah. That's a good one. I used to substitute that as like a dinner and now. Well, yeah. Oh my God. Well, I sometimes, you know, like K, you get home. Special K with strawberries. Yeah. You don't feel like having a, you don't feel like having a big dinner. You just yeah. have you know, a bowl of cereal. Thank God it. for that. I've thank done God it. for that. I know. I know. And sometimes I'm like, I just want to get home sometimes and I want to put sweatpants on and I want to eat cereal. Does that yeah. make me a 10 year old maybe? But yes. like. Sometimes yeah. that's just what you need. Right. right. We can I all agree that you and I are 10 year olds. my cereal. I'm going to watch my Patriots and I'll be fine. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Andrew. You're making fun of Brady. <laughs> hey, Bill Belichick, man. Andrew in L.A., you know him? You know uh, vaguely. Yeah. Vaguely. Uh, I was surprised to not hear the mention of Boondock Saints when the discussion of Boston movies came up last oh, week. It made me think one. on which performance was the best of these movies. I'd like everyone to rank these. One, two, and three. Willem Dafoe in Boondock Saints, Ben Affleck in The Town, and Leo in The Departed. Uh, I didn't, I, see, I didn't Boondock see Boondock Saints. Saints. <laughs> Boondock Saints is so good. I didn't yeah. see is it, it either. Is it bad that I haven't really seen any good? of these? Yeah. All right, so I'll, I'll do it then. Don't worry, guys. Um, <laughs> Leo in The Departed, then Boondock Saints, then Affleck in The Town. Wow. Okay. As much as I love The Town, I could probably recite, recite he, the movie he, he, by he heart. He agrees but. with you. Um, he says... Uh, well, according to IMDb, the rankings um, went Departed, Boondock Saints, and then The yeah. Town. Yeah, my foursome Norman, was Norman Reedus in that, the guy from Walking Dead. Is he in the Boondock? Yeah, thank you, Matt. My foursome was scoffing at That's the uh, Departed Town debate last week. Oh, oh, oh everybody loves The Town? Yeah. Well, not oh, yeah? Even so much that, just oh. d- not liking The Departed all that much. Really? Oh. Why? Because it was stupid. What's, what do you mean it was stupid? <laughs> it, was, it was dumb. Why? What was dumb about it? I'm I curious. Thought the, the, Nicholson, the Academy would disagree. The Nicholson category <laughs> ca- character was so like over the top. Yeah, it wasn't a good whitey. Like, it well, was just it was just Nicholson kind of caricature. Of, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I, like I thought he was. Yeah, yeah maybe it was because of Nicholson. Maybe yeah. that was the what? problem. Yeah. Lo- maybe like the because part Nicholson where he imitates was the too rat. much. Oh, I loved it. Maybe yeah, it was because he was too much I, over I, the top. I I loved it. I did because I usually love Jack Nicholson in anything he's in. Yeah. Even though I hated him because yeah. he was a Laker fan. I mean, there was there were some moments <laughs> so in it mature. that felt a little retread to me, yeah, um, specifically like hack, to Scorsese hacky. and some of his music. But I'm like, haven't I seen this before? Hacky. But I still liked it. And I, not, not, there was nothing I disliked as much as The Town with John Hamm and uh, and What's-Her-Face, those two actors that just took me out Blake, of it. Blake Lively. Blake, Blake Lively. Like the, every will, time those will have a little screen. bit more respect the next time you talk yeah. about this. <laughs> the female love interest in the town just didn't really move the needle for me either. I like her. Her, she's yeah. She's okay as an actress, but, like, she's okay. Yeah. 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 But, I, but I think Jeremy Renner does so oh, much. Oh, he was great. I mean, he just, every time he comes on he, screen, like, you're is like, the oh, movie for me. here yeah. he comes. Like, mm, yeah. stop but screwing see, that's what, I, like, that's... What gets me in is like those rela- that yeah. that re- the relationship again. You make fun of me for it, but it's it's that development, that strong bond between those two. Like mm-hmm. to Alex's point, yeah, I, yeah. Like I don't. You said you didn't like the love interest. Like yeah, I kind of like. I yeah. doesn't even really resonate with me. But the Renner Affleck relationship. Oh, that was the key. There's nothing the key. like that in The Departed. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. That was to me the the movie, and then the whole thing. You know. You well, have, you're a big rom You have guy. the other guys that are just sort of there, and they're clearly that guy that would absolutely take a bullet for you. You know, that, that kind of loyalty. Yeah, yeah. That's Whose car are we taking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, let's see. Jim is in Lemonster. Um, he said he was an in-person guest from 2018. Do we remember Jim from Lemonster? I don't know. Anyway, had a lot of guests, Fred, over the years. He says, your dream has come true, Fred. 
After hearing your soapbox from last week, I wanted to pass on that soap with a slot is a real thing. I've <laughs> used is. I've used this soap for years and attached some pictures for reference. <laughs> one is a new bar, unfettered. Uh, one is the slot in action from my shower with the box as a last attachment. I even took it upon myself to send you a box of six bars for your cleansing glory. The uh. cursed sphincter will experience a whole new world of soap pr- preservation. Enjoy. Oh, my God. And on another note, I'd love to be involved in the upcoming Star Wars show in any way, shape, or form. That's funny. we got to do it. So we're going to get um, soap with a slot, and I'll bring it in when I get it. Oh, man. I'm, I'm just imagining what these pictures look like. And, uh, yeah. Wow. What, Fred Schwinkter? Oh. No? Schwinkter, Schwinkter, Schwinkter. Here it is in action. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Put that thing away. <laughs> That's the slot right there. <laughs> Lots of emails coming in. See, it, it might be yeah. downtime for the Patriots, but it's not down downtime for this show. I'll no, tell you no, that much. No. Uh, Pat says, Fred, I was up prior to 6 a.m. on Saturday mornings as a kid. My cartoon-a-thon started with the Pink Panther at 6 a.m. and ended with Spider-Man and his amazing friends at 11. So, I wish I could remember what what they were. They all kind of blend together because so I like remember the, I once the Hanna Barbera stuff watched, too, yeah. like yeah. With the, and then with like the Laugh Olympics yeah. and things like. I, I remember, remember some Ducktales too. That I mean, I know that we're we're getting a little bit into Duck the nineties, but yeah, that's more you know. Ducktales. So um, I was beyond that. Chris says, with all this TV talk, I have to give you my top five. Okay. Hawaii Five O. So the question is, new one or the old one? Oh. With Jack Lord. Mm. Uh, the Walking Dead. The League, Chicago PD, and Friday Night Lights. I love that Chicago PD is in the mix. Friday Night Lights <laughs> is another tremendous show that nobody watched except yeah. for Beth and I. Yeah, that's a good one. Because um, it was on like 17 different times and nights. They just couldn't find an audience mm-hmm. for it. No one watched it, but it was great. It was a great show. Yeah. Connie, Connie Britton, I would watch in anything. Yeah. I like her. I mean, well on Netflix. You know, now you have yeah. to include love it. things like Breaking Bad. Game of Thrones. Those are TV shows. Yeah. You know, they had seasons. Right. And they Maybe had. this guy just thought those other shows were better. Did you ever think of that? No, no. I'm just saying. But, <laughs> like, you know, what about the comedies? What about Seinfeld? You know? It's hard. Well, yeah. you got to have a comedy and a drama category. It's appropriate. I like The Walking Dead, but I fell out of it after Negan came in. And, and then I was. Never I completely fell Dead. out of it. I was so into it the first, like, four seasons, I think, and then completely fell out of it. I think a lot of people had a similar kind of thing with The Walking Dead. But Game of Thrones, I, I mean, that's that one's divisive, I know, but I thought that so that was really good. It was everybody yeah. like, but everybody likes Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's, that has seen it. Yeah. I, 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 I can't complain. I mean, I, I just go back to, like, everyone was so obsessed with what are the theories and what could possibly – and at the end of the day, it's got to be something – and it, that's what it was. Right, like, I, I never was fine be with it. Satisfied. Yeah. It's like, I don't, what, there yeah. was a resolution. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, but I, it was like you go through how many years of telling this story, and there's processes, yeah. and then the final season. Oh, okay. So the dragon just flew all the way there and rescued all those people within like five minutes. This would have taken like this journey would have taken two months. <laughs> yeah. A lot of plot holes. <laughs> Shame. Like, yeah. Shame. You getting take shamed for that? Yeah, Are you take shaming her. Like, yeah. I love Game like, of like Thrones. Like Felgy and Mass. But yeah. once they got ahead of the books, yeah. it was like, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I think that they did a pretty good job of, you know, revealing who Jon Snow was, and and you know, I think it was an interesting turn with 
Daenerys kind of going from being like a hero to you know not really the hero and you know the torn feelings you had about her and right I guess I can never you know watch it. <laughs> and then Cersei and Jaime that how that ended <laughs> I, but don't you think one of the best episodes ever was when the king you know the young king jumps out of the window and oh, they blow she up the when city. she burned the whole thing down that, with the, that, the fire that yeah. whole sequence of events that episode was unbelievable that was in the last season wasn't it or was close it? to it yeah close to it when she burns the yeah <coughs> she just destroys the whole yeah temple and but that's like another I, it's great it's probably example. my favorite show I'm yeah. just, this is coming yeah. from a place of it's one of my favorite okay. shows ever yeah you just like that and the and Sopranos. You were, just, and you were disappointed yeah. with the finale. Yeah. 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 I, and I, I wish they didn't rush it. They the got one thing signed I, on to do Star Wars and they stopped giving a crap. And then <laughs> they butchered the ending so bad that Star Wars didn't want them either. Okay. Yeah. I think it was Star Wars, right? That they were going to go uh, work yes. on after York, that? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't know this backstory. Yeah. 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 It's one thing I really agree with Fred on in general. I, I, I just think when you have uh, like an incredibly successful series like that, the finale becomes almost an impossible task yeah yep. breaking bad did a good job yep. like sopranos yeah. i didn't love sopranos finale either you know i didn't watch game of thrones so i don't know on that one but Sopranos, it, it wasn't bad the sopranos finale but i, I it left me yeah. wanting more well i'll tell you one and of i don't like that feeling it was only a yeah. one season show but one of the most perfect endings in my opinion was uh What's her of Eastland of Eastwood? Mayor of Eastwood. Mayor of, Mayor of yeah. Eastwood. Yeah, see, and I didn't that like that. I see again. Yeah, different. We disagreed. I think that was a perfect Mayor ending. of Easttown. Yeah, not Eastwick. What was the chess show that was big during <laughs> Which the is pandemic? Queen's Gambit. Oh. Yes, they ended that really well too. Yeah. yeah. But I think like the thing that connects it for me, like I, Game of Thrones, had so many wow moments. Um, the Red Wedding, hold the door, right? It, just a couple, but. You had that character of Cersei that was the same as like Jeremy Renner in the town, the same as um, as uh, uh, what's his name in Rounders, um, uh, Edward Norton. Characters that you just hate you so loved, much, you and loved it's just them, like you can't. But you had to hate them, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I think just the mark of of any good show that can get you to really feel that passionately about a character. Where like Cersei, you were, you know, by that point, like when she had to march through with shame, shame, like. Yeah. Oh, good. You know, but you know, you're not. You're, she's gonna be back. She's like, gonna you come know, back. You know, this it. is just gonna make her even worse. I got to the point where I was full fledged rooting for her. Yeah. <laughs> like. I thought one of the most stunning scenes, cinematography wise, was when the mountain uh, fought Dog, his brother. Oh yeah. And you know, half the castle Hound. is cut away, and the dragons yep. are overhead, and yeah. they're fighting on the steps, and they show that, and it's like, whoa. I know it's all CGI, but like, it looked. Amazing. Yeah, that was that was worthy of, of the build up. Um, but yeah, there, there there are just so many moments in Game of Thrones that are like, yeah, the ending was like kind of basic, I guess you would call it. Like, just seemed like they there was no kind of like magic twist left that they could really go to. But um, but it was a great it was a great series. And I mean, I talked about like I read some of the books. Like like when I read that Red Wedding chapter, I like like mm-hmm. I will, that was one of like the most impactful chapters I've read. Which I don't know what says like Game of Thrones, but. You know, that was that they did a really good job with that, too. Uh, Anthony writes in agree with Deuce. Nothing beats soggy, fruity or cocoa pebbles. Yeah. And go. Count Chocula is the only good marshmallow cereal. As far as Boston movies, my favorite is Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. Amy Ryan and yeah. Casey Affleck were great. And there's no love story on the side to distract from the good stuff. Yeah. Is Another it, movie that has like a feel to it, like an ominous, like 
attention yeah. to you it. You just have to block out the 10 or 15 minutes they spend when they go to Everett because it's so <laughs> incredibly <laughs> disturbing for me. Oh, really? Like I don't I remember just, what they did in oh, what was was the, the Everett part. The, the child molester was in Everett. Ah, and mm. They went, and I was like, oh. This Why is has it got to be Everett? Oh, it was like a unbelievable gut punch. It was mm. so disturbing. Uh, but just it's a terrific movie. Justin yeah. in Alabama, anyone seen Top Gun Maverick yet? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. A yeah. lot yeah. of fun. Nope. Love yeah. A lot of fun. The, but uh, you probably action. didn't see the regular Top Gun either, though, right? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Oh. The, the action see. scenes in this movie were unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and quick movie trivia. What famous movie director produced a 1971 film with up-and-coming with an up-and-coming movie director? We don't know who that is. Anyway, the answer is Francis Ford Coppola. But he did a TV show. What famous movie director produced a 1971 film with an up-and-coming movie director? But like that could be anyone. Who's the up-and-coming movie director? He said Francis Ford Coppola. No, oh, in that. Right, well, yeah, it sounds like there's two different guys, right? Yeah, yeah two different. Directors. I don't know. Scorsese and Coppola. Clarify. Did they know. do? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the movie was American Graffiti and George Lucas. Was oh. the director? Oh, oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta keep reading. <laughs> uh, yeah, George Lucas was the director, and, and do you know what famous Star Wars person was in yeah. that? Harrison Ford. Yeah, <coughs> that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it also starred Ron Howard and Cindy Williams. Oh, oh yeah, Happy Ron Days. Howard was also in it. Yeah. That, like, why couldn't another he, director? He couldn't have been the young up and coming director. I think he was. He could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Moses from Maine. See, people love w w talking about this stuff. He says the best movie, best comedy in 10 years. What do you think he... TV? Yeah, TV. Uh, like on network TV, just the no, comedy? No, I don't think like it Curb Your Enthusiasm? I think it might have been an FX uh, comedy. Oh, um, Nip Tuck? Schitt's Creek. Oh. Uh says, if yeah. you haven't watched it, you I must. Have. Great characters and laugh-out-loud funny. I have. It's I have. funny. It it's not life-changing funny. Okay. In my opinion. I liked it. Didn't, didn't love it. David. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't I didn't make it all the way through all of them, but, I yeah, I, I think there's some really good actors on that. And, I mean, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy, they've been doing now, awesome the, stuff forever. The, the youngins in the room, do you watch any TV that's not, like, streaming or cable? Like, do you watch anything that's on a network now? I used Besi to. Uh, I know well, Tamara come on, Tamara's like a layup on NBC. She, so watches she <laughs> only watches NBC. <laughs> she watches SUV. She's like, I don't need streaming. I just need NBC. <laughs> I but do you watch any like <laughs> network? Like Modern Family was the first thing that came to my mind on like yeah. one of the funniest Family shows in the last like 10 years. the last thing I really remember like watching on cable or Family Guy. I, but other than that. I get so angry when my Law & Order SVU marathon <laughs> goes off. For Modern Family to come on, I'm like, are you kidding me? Who's actually watching this? <laughs> yeah, Modern I, Family I, was good in like the first three or four years, and then I think it just got stupid. Modern Family was really the kids funny. got too old. Every show was like, you know, uh, you know, we're crazy, but we love each other because we're family. But that's yeah. the way every episode was. Yeah, period. like yeah. and like it's formulaic. The Goldbergs do, does the same thing. Um, and the Goldbergs similarly has fallen off a cliff. Yeah, it was really good early, but now it's not. Yeah. But that's the way, like, you know, yeah. do so tight. What did they, you get what a did formula they say and you stick to it. Huh? Did, he, did he say what he thought it was? Shit's Creek. Oh, Shit's Creek. Creek. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara with that accent that she does, like, 
I mean, brilliant. All right. That's going to be it for this edition of Patriots Unfiltered. We'll be back on Thursday with another one. We'll see you then. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.